0: Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong, where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I'm an guy. And today I've chosen the movie and it is there you go. Super Shusha Contra Baisho Astral, oh. aka Super Shusha <laughs> versus The Down Mood, aka That's It. Okay. I said last time, aka Super <laughs> Shusha versus Satan. Yeah we'll get into that i was looking forward that, to that that, w- that, part that was, was a, uh yeah. that was a mistake oh, okay well, i feel like you, you've gotten better at saying the other titles <laughs> yeah. <at> least, yeah. <laughs> i hope so this film is from brazil released in 1988 and it's directed by anna Penido and david sunenshine who will be appearing oh. in this episode in the form of clips <laughs> So for this episode, I reached out to one of the directors of the film, mm-hmm. David Sun and Shine, who very kindly accepted an interview. Sorry, can I just jump in? Are you saying sun and
1: shine? Sun and shine. Not like like sun and shine. Like it's a sunny and
0: shiny day. Sun, sun and, and shine. Is he like a <laughs> mystical character <laughs> It's like a it's a German name, but this is like the Americanized pronunciation of it, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking with the with the context of the film we're talking about which is very like, appropriate yeah
1: so it's that's very, what i was thinking yeah. it's just like his his director name for this mad fantastical universe that he's created no no
0: no i think it's his real name okay <laughs> sun
1: and shine i like it
0: but yeah he was absolutely awesome we sat down and spoke for i think uh, about an hour and a half mm. about the film and he really filled in a lot of gaps for me which was fantastic uh yeah one of them being that this is not as far as he knows, ever been known as Super Shusha versus Satan. Oh, okay. So I think that's a Wikipedia
1: error. (laughs) Because there was a somewhat lack of Satan in this film.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could possibly see one of the characters as a Satan type. But Yeah. yeah, maybe not quite. But anyway, big thanks to David for helping us out with this episode. And yeah, throughout the episode... We're gonna to cut to him, uh, given some extra info about the film oh, hey. as we go along. Oh, hey. So, shall we get into the backstory? Please of do, because I, I, I am—I've got so many questions. <laughs> I hope I can answer them. <laughs> I know there's one of your questions that you mentioned to me before recording that I definitely can answer. Great, but first, let's get into David's backstory mm. himself. So, I, because of his German last name, mm. I was expecting to speak to a german man (laughs) that had lived in brazil but he is an american and but he did live in brazil for a time so yes he's the director of this but he's perhaps best known as a sound designer in his career so he's taught uh in dozens of countries different universities he's also written a book about sound design for film and interactive games that is actually like a standard text used in film schools really? as well. He's been an audiovisual creator his whole life. Hmm. Uh, he started out as a musician when he was eight years old <laughs> right. and was in orchestras playing classical clarinet nice. and was basically on his way to a professional career playing in orchestras wow. if he had wanted to do that. Hmm. And when he went to university, he ended up getting a bachelor in neuroscience. That's very different. And music. (laughs) And what? Yeah. Which actually connects into the work he does now, which relates to music and audio for brain health. So for the the last eight years, he's been part of an educational program called Sing and Speak for Kids, which helps kids with learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of feed back to what he studied in university. But let's go back to when he graduated So, after graduating from neuroscience Mm. and music, this is where he got his first professional job making a film. Mm. So, he was hired by the university to make a film. So, still quite young. Yeah, must have been very, very young, fresh out of university. So, it was a cell animation that he made, Mm. 15 minutes long, using very early computer-generated imagery. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after creating this, this is where it gets crazy. (laughs) So, after creating this short film he got invited to be a cinematographer for an anthropologist who was going to Bali to study Bali mask making and Bali dance. Right. What, was this person doing like a documentary on these Okay. Yeah. And he ended up... So, he went to Bali, but he ended up staying there for a year Mm. where he studied Balinese mask carving. Right. (laughs) And then that is a skill that he's actually... Brought into his film work after that as well. Wow. He's a man of many traits. Yeah. For sure.
1: Sounds like he's traveled a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then he brought this mask-making skill to his filmmaking and he made a short film based on Little Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. where he carved this, like, incredible-looking mask for it and used, like, time-lapse photography on top of that with with the mask. And he showed me, like, a still from the short film and it looks... Awesome. I would love to see it. So after this, he went back to school mm. with the goal to get into feature filmmaking. Right. So he went to film school, basically. So he spent two and a half years there, worked on about 20 films, got all of his technical skills in mm. 16mm, super eight, 35. So sorry, Just to
1: jump in, so he he worked on a cinema as a cinematographer on this mass making documentary before he had any actual
0: actual technical knowledge on how to operate the camera. I think so, yeah, wow. yeah. Which is also kind yeah. of surprising, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in in this time when he's at film school, he also worked on sound quite a mm. lot. That was like a big focus of his, and he actually won best sound for a student film. At the Academy Awards, which I didn't even what? know was a category. <laughs>
1: this is raising
0: more questions
1: for <laughs> me about the film. <laughs>
0: but yes, so while he was making these, all these films, all mm. these shots, working on sound, uh, he met Ana Penido, mm. who was a student at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And that is the other director right. of Super Shusha. So this is a dual effort. It is, yeah. Ana Penido is from Brazil mm. with an American mother, mm-hmm. and she was studying in the U.S., and they met, and he started working on her films, and ultimately mm. they fell in love. Oh, and got married. Wow! So this is a film by a married couple, which I had wow no clue about. Okay. until talking to David, so I was I was really glad I mm-hmm. I spoke to him just to find out that uh, point. Did As they a, fall in love whilst working on this movie? Not on Super Shusha when they right, were, okay. when they met in like film school. Times. Okay, and gotcha. he, he was working on her films and stuff. Okay. Uh, so, they got married before making Super mm-hmm. Shusher. And just just to clarify as well, they are no longer married. They yeah. are divorced. Okay. But at the time of making this, mm. uh, they were a married couple. Mm-hmm. So, they had met in their sort of film school days, mm. got married. They went to Brazil together mm. and started working on films. So, while in Brazil, they made a short film, which mm. was a documentary about the Coca-Cabana beach new year's party things you know okay. about that? that's like no. a big massive new year's kind of event and on this production they met the partners that they would ultimately make super shusha with right so these people that they met that, that they started working with uh were involved in advertising mm-hmm. and not films. Mm -hmm. But they sort of came together to work on stuff and they formed a company with these partners called Dream Vision, which is the the company that made Super Shusha. And this is where they start to get to work on this film, Super Shusha contra Mm. Baishu Astral. (laughs) It's correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like he had
1: more experience in working
0: in factual things than fiction. Yeah, I guess up until this point. But he'd also, keep in mind, he had made a lot of short films right. in film okay. school. He'd made the Little Red Riding Hood film, mm. worked on uh, his wife's stuff as well. So, okay. But you're right, He is. this is his first feature film. So he really dived into the deep end in the fantasy, right? Big time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so from the time of deciding that they were going to make this, uh, from making the deal to make it, it was like a two-year process, which is pretty fast. Yeah. And yeah, from the beginning, this was meant to be a Shusha project. And don't worry, we'll get into that <laughs> soon. But the whole film was written around her. The whole concept is based around her. I'll tell you who she is. Please soon, do. Because that's the most exciting. Okay. Thing. <laughs> but just a quick tangent to talk about the Brazilian film industry mm. at this time. So, yeah, David and I spoke a bit about uh, what the state of the industry was yeah. in the 80s.
2: There were kind of two genres of films that were being made. One was very commercial and, and it was using TV stars. Almost everybody uses TV star TV stars get paid a lot more get seen a lot more. At that period in Brazil, they were the big like Hollywood stars would be on the TV novellas and, and other shows. And the movies were really kind of second nature. It, the, there was a, a small portion of the screens were filled up with Brazilian films, and the rest were all international, mostly American it was only surviving because of government stimulus. Um, there were a few that survived the commercial ones like the one we made was much more tied into a huge marketing scheme and, and big talent and big meaning well-known talent that would draw the audience. The others, some excellent films, but very uh, little revenue. I like a lot of Brazilian films, but commercially they didn't generally go very far. And a few of them went international. You know so that's that was the state and we got our funding from uh, government stimulus that was basically tax write-offs for companies and we did a ton of product placement as you probably noticed. there's international companies like coca-cola um, and uh, colgate toothpaste uh, there were a few a few big ones like shell gasoline station there were a few that were really big international ones and others that were just local product. We had probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 product placements going on. And, and that was a, a big part of our funding because Shusha could draw that and make a deal. I
1: was going to ask about the product placement because there are some very yeah. garish looking shots. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say what, but yeah. I was like, hang on, that's got to be like a paid endorsement or something.
0: But yeah, I also thought it was interesting what he said about TV is like sort of the primary thing mm. in Brazil. And to me, that kind of feels like what the Japanese film industry is right now. Right. Where the mov- a lot of the movies that come out in Japan have like TV tie-ins mm. and are basically just there to promote the TV show. right? Anyway, back to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing that he mentioned there, so the reason they could get this money from advertisers is because of its star, Shusha. Okay. So you asked me, because you were like, I've got a lot of questions about this yeah. film before we started recording. Yeah. And you're like, main thing, like is Shusha, is she famous? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you asked me like, and yes, the answer is, Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yes.
1: And her name is Shusha. That's her her real name or her, well, like, well, performance. Her perfor- yeah. yeah, her
0: name as a performer yeah. is Shusha. And in this movie, she performs she is as Shusha. Shusha. She right. is not just famous. She is fucking hugely really? famous. Is this, like, hugely. In Brazil or worldwide? Not worldwide. In Brazil and Argentina and places like right. that. So... Her real name is not Shusha. She was born uh, Maria de Graça Menegal, Okay. And Shusha became a sort of stage name. Mm. So she is a model, a presenter, an actress, a singer, a social activist, wow. and she's most famous for working in children's entertainment. Mm. And she is a massive star, especially in Brazil and Argentina. So she has gold and platinum records. What? Producing some of the biggest Brazilian hits of the 80s and 90s. Really? She's hosted children's TV shows, Still is still active on TV. Now, she has the highest net worth Hmm. of any Brazilian female entertainer with 400 million US to her name. She dated Pelé. The footballer, don't know oh, this. What, you don't know, who I fucking Pelé? I don't is. know anything about football. Pelé's probably the most famous footballer of all time. <laughs> Never heard of it from Brazil, but yeah, okay. she she dated him like early in her career. Oh, here's. So, do you know Michael Jackson?
1: <laughs> oh well, I know that
0: someone starts singing him in this movie. Yes. As well, <laughs> we'll come to that soon. Actually, so she was courted mm. by Michael Jackson, and he actually threw one of his people. Uh, reportedly, asked her to be the person to bear his children.
3: What? What's going on? Have
1: <laughs> just- never heard of her
0: up until this point? That's just crazy. just this year, mm. uh, a documentary came out about her. Unfortunately, I could not watch it with subtitles. Mm. But she is huge, okay. and her nickname—you're going to love this. Oh, her nickname is the Queen of the Little Ones. <laughs>
1: Is that the little ones being children? Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I'll let
0: David tell you more about her.
2: Okay. They, they would call it Hyena dos Baixinhos, meaning the queen of the little ones. And, and she was uh, as big a TV star as anybody'd ever been for kids in Brazil. She was, you know, like Fred Rogers, Captain Kangaroo. And also Michael Jackson. And she really, really loved Michael Jackson and and did a a lot of her costumes were kind of around Michael Jackson's look at the time. And uh, she adored Michael Jackson. So she had this combination of being like a a pop star, uh, a TV personality like Oprah for little kids. And because she'd have stars on and she'd talk to people and – and the one thing that I think that she and Oprah might have in common is they're extremely authentic. What you see is what you get. Uh, Shusha was not playing a role. She was being Shusha. And when you're with Shusha and the camera's not on her, whatever we're doing, whether it's making a film or being in her home, or she's just always that Shusha. And, and in fact, we wrote the script for her. But it wasn't a character. It was super Schuster. It was Shusha being super. She was a hard worker. She, you know, behind the scenes, she was a perfectionist. And she showed the joy in what she was doing. And she could take direction as well. She was not like a prima donna that, well, I know better than everybody else, so I'm gonna do it my way. No.
0: I love that description that he has of her being oprah for little kids (laughs) is just great (laughs) you know what like i I had a
1: feeling because of the way she's presented on screen she kind of we should probably i don't know if you want to mention this later or not but this is essentially a musical right so this is a musical for kids kind of Mm. and she's constantly like singing to the camera right so i was thinking is she some kind of like almost like britney spears type Mm. person of brazil that she's been filmed in this way that it always feels like we're watching a music video yeah uh, yeah. connected by a bunch of mad scenes yeah and mad music videos as well but i was very uh, curious about that Mm. that makes sense uh but then it also raises more questions yeah (laughs) yeah just know that she is fucking huge okay have you heard her music outside of this yeah is it similar to the pretty similar yeah yeah wow Mm. and
0: that got yeah, and it's huge huge stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean this is her music. Some of her biggest <laughs> hits are in this Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. I wanted to talk just a little bit uh before we get into it about Anna and David directing mm. this on set because it is quite an interesting concept, right? To be a married couple yeah. making a film together and your first ever feature film. Yeah.
2: So our skill sets were very different than still are. She's very different than I am. We're both very, very creative, and we like to tell stories. But the way we do that is very different. She's much more a writer and loves working directly with actors. And she's been able to do more than that, but that's her core talent, I would say. And um, I am more – I'm a good writer, uh, but not so much with dialogue. I'm i I'm good with, with – uh, story structure and uh, creating visuals uh, in the script, visuals and sounds, because that's my forte as I was mentioning. So we divided our work at the beginning. We, we wrote the treatment together and I am credited on the film as the uh, story. And then she wrote with another Brazilian screenwriter who had had quite a bit produced by then to do the script. So I don't. I didn't uh, write the script partly because I, I couldn't write Portuguese uh, dialogue. In any case, when the script was written, I certainly infused it with you know, visuals and sounds that were going to be done on set and, and in post production. And then that's how we divided it. Mostly in, in the uh, pre-production and post-production, I did pretty much all the technical stuff, and she did all the, the dialogue acting kind of thing. So in a very general way, um, specifically I, I worked the camera lighting sound production design. We both worked in, uh, work, working with the art director. We both gave input on that. Uh, and I did most of the post-production. I would say, I would say I was the post-production supervisor. I did, uh, you know, I oversaw that whole thing. And and of course, Anna would look at the cut scenes and give her opinion. But I was much more hands-on with that. And, and I did some of the sound work myself, uh, some of the Foley. I played uh, an instrument on one of the songs. And I was there. I didn't get a credit as a music person, but I, I was very much directing the composers and performers. Anna, on the other hand, wrote some of the lyrics so she's credited as one of the composers so there you
0: have it that is that sets the stage for Mm. super shusha you have a gigantic megastar in the lead an entire film based around her and a married couple directing their first ever feature film with this gigantic star absolutely wild film and as, as you said it is a It's a film for kids. Mm. It's the first film we've ever covered for kids. Yeah, Maybe the last? I don't know. Uh, Uh, You've got a few up (laughs) your (laughs) sleeve. I also just wanted to mention, like, the first time that I watched this. Oh, yeah. I'm curious how you came across this Yeah. So I had it recommended to me uh, by a friend and I did not know what it was going into. I didn't Mm. know who Shusha was. And I watched it uh, in kind of peak... COVID, like, lockdown-y sort of right. times. I watched it, like, with a friend in Australia while yeah. he was, like, on Skype. Oh, okay. So sort of watched it together. Nice. But I was, like, really sick. Did you have COVID? I don't think I had COVID, but I was very unwell when the first time I watched it. And I literally... So I had a fever, mm. and I felt like I was entering some kind of fever dream when I was watching it. Yeah. And then watching it again for this episode... I kind of felt the same. Last I still, facts, I still yeah. felt like I was in a fever dream. This is a fever dream movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. This and is a, a nightmare yeah. for kids. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All right, shall we get into it? Yes. Okay, so we start with some music. We've got a big super Jusha title that mm. comes up onto the screen. And we get kind of a, a montage over these opening titles, like flashes of the story that we're going to see. Yeah. So there's a lot of slow motion... A lot of flashes of the villains that we're going to meet soon. And we're seeing shots of graffiti getting sprayed on the walls. Names are coming up on screen as as this is happening. But there's one name missing from these credits. Is there? And this is quite a shocking story. So sorry to derail things almost immediately in the title sequence. But David is credited as a co-writer. But he does not have director's credit on this film. But he is the co-director. And this is the most distressing story that I just, I feel so bad for him that this happened. Right. So I'll let him tell the story.
2: Because to direct the film, I had to be in the union and to be in the union, I had to be a permanent resident. So I could do that at any time. So I decided to do that. And I I traveled to Argentina at uh, Iguazu Falls uh, and just, crossed over the border, did did my paperwork. and and I'd done that, I don't know, maybe a year before, I don't even remember, it was six months to a year before it was it was and then I joined the union. I was part of that whole thing. So then a week before we were releasing the film. <clears throat> this is after at least six months of, of uh, you know, okay, go. now we're gonna I mean, it was it was a short time period for for everything that had to happen. but in any case, one week before the national release, one of the largest releases of the year for, for Brazil, it was like 300 prints, which is a lot for Brazil. And with a huge promotional campaign and TV Globo was behind it, all that. We got a legal warning that I was not qualified because I didn't have the all the paperwork to direct a Brazilian film. And that was necessary to get it registered and, uh, and into the film theaters, it needed to be a Brazilian film because we were taking advantage of of local production stimulus as well. What happened was the, um, this came in, and we contacted the union, which had all my paperwork saying I'm, I'm legal, I'm there, I'd already done that. And there was one person who had access to that, who was out of town. And wasn't going to come back until after the release date. So, um, what, uh, you know, there's, there's my whole emotional story around that. Of course, it's my first feature film. I've worked my butt off for it. And I, you know, it's a career that I'm, I'm initiating and the decision was made by the corporation, by the, uh, partners and by the president of the company. Cause I wasn't president of the company. I, I had a minority share. That we would just take my name off and that that'd be that, no problem. Well, I had my own reaction to that, and and it was, you know, pretty pretty strong emotional uh, upset. But uh there wasn't, I think, anything I could do about it. And so uh, it was released in many forms in terms of, of marketing. It was out in the newspapers. There were posters made. There were trailers. There was, uh, there was, you know, radio and TV announcements. I mean. It was, all over the place. So some of the artwork had been done with my name on it. But the film itself, because it was going to be shown in the theaters had to be removed, my name could not appear on the film. Because that's what officially is, you know, would take it down. If if I was illegal, a couple days after the film was released, the guy from the union came back, and he looked over everything no problem. He's fine. That's
0: awful. Yeah, that's awful. It's horrendous. So is his wife? Them wife the sole director? Like She's immigrant. the sole credited director. Right, yeah, but but it is 100% right. a hundred percent right. Yeah, team effort. Yeah, that's the two of them directed. Can you imagine that. going through all that effort? Oh yeah. So he he was really he had that kind of a sort of bittersweet thing mm. with this film. I think where obviously he's happy that he got to make. Sure. A feature film with Shusha, But he's not credited for his work Which is nuts That's a shame Anyway, back to the film Sorry. <laughs> So we're only in the opening titles <laughs> <laughs> So then we get to see Shusha For the first time Riding on a motorbike Oh Christ And handing out paintbrushes
1: Throwing yep. paintbrushes to kids. <laughs> yeah. And Just, who this, and who is riding well, in the bike with that's her? That's it. There's so much information in this opening shot. So like you said, we've got these kids spray painting. It's kind of a bit dark and scary, you know, opening. And then bright rainbow. She's on a bike. Nice happy music playing, throwing paintbrushes, and in the basket there's a there's a puppet.
0: <laughs> I like, like gonna a, say dog and a It's a, a puppet, puppet of
1: a dog. Like a very, very, like a teddy bear. It's not. It's not supposed to it's look not a like real a real estate. dog. It yeah. just looks like a kid's yeah. toy, but is kind of accepted as a real dog yeah. in this movie. So th- th- there's no like, <laughs> there's no acknowledgement. This is not a real dog. Yeah. This
0: is this is a puppet. When I first saw this, I found that so full on. Mm-hmm. Like when it cuts that pub, I'm like, yeah. well, this is just getting into things straight away. We're not in the fantasy world. This is the no. real world. That was that was a lot to take in in the opening scene. Did you catch the dog's name?
1: It it's really similar, isn't it? Yes. So I watched like this movie. I watched this twice, and for the first time, I was so confused because I didn't know who was who. The whole time, I thought we were talking about the dog. We were actually talking about Shusha. Yeah, it's like yeah. Shusha
0: and Shushu or something. Right? Yeah. So you've got Shusha. Yeah. who's the, the star girl, of the film? Yeah. And her dog is Shusho. 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 It's
1: very close, isn't it? And
0: then there's another character as well with almost the same kind of Who's name that? as well. We'll we'll get to that later. Oh, it's got a while that before that one. But yes, her dog Shusho, mm. a puppet dog mm. riding along with her in the bike. And how would you describe Shusho? Uh which one's that? Is that the girl? The main the main oh, right. actress,
1: yeah. Um, like I said, a kind of like a Britney Spears-esque, like, you mm. know, from the, the early era, very innocent, cute, like blonde, um happy-go-lucky, fun mm. kind of fun-loving person. That's it, yeah. And yeah. queen of the children. Queen of the children Because she hands them out
0: paintbrushes. Yes. And, and they paint happiness everywhere. Immediately proves that she's the queen of the children in this opening scene. Oh. By the way, a little side note about this scene. I can't tell you which kid it is, but this film, and this honestly might not mean anything to you, but for mm. me, this is mind-blowing. One of the kids in this uh, is Jordana Brewster from the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> this is her acting debut. <laughs> Wait, who? I, uh, if you saw her, you <laughs> might be like, "Oh yeah, that that lady." All right, um, but, um, tell me her name one more time. Jordana Brewster. oh <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh my god! But, but I've watched Shh. it a few times, and I can't pinpoint which kid. It is. But yeah, when, when she was a child, this is like her acting Wow. Debut. I think the first time I saw her in a film was in, I think it's
1: The Faculty. Oh, is she in that? Yeah. She, she, she was uh, the main character in that. And right. I remember seeing that when I was like 15 or something mm. um, and having such a massive crush
0: on her. Right. And she's a babe. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> no, I did not see her in this. No, and neither did I. Like, I, I watched it a few times trying to find her, but I'm not sure. Like, she must be really young in this. Like, because- mm-hmm. She's about the same age as us, I would say. So, like, she must be, like, a little kid in this. She's uh, she's 43 now. Okay, so, like, a, a little bit older than me. Okay, so, yes, as you say, uh, Shusha has thrown all these paintbrushes to these kids. They're popping out paint cans and they're, like, splashing... Paint around the dog is getting involved. Shusho is like, Hell yeah, here oh, we go. That's the point. By the way, the dog can talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with The dog can talk and paint and is just involved in this. We also meet another important character in this scene. We meet Rafa. Oh, the kid's trying to, well, yes, not so much, pretending to ride a bike. Yeah, so Rafa played by Jonas Torres. Okay, he's a little punk kid. In a jeans jacket, so that's how you know he's, oh. he's bad. Denim jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's also... He's not bad. He's offering another kid a biscuit. That might be Jordana Brewster, actually, the kid that he's offering a biscuit I'd to. I offer her a biscuit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as they're, as they're painting, the song kicks in, and the lyrics, or at least in the subtitles, oh, are, Christ. I will paint one rainbow of energy. Yes. And, yeah, so that as this song is playing, they're all painting the walls as you said as well rafa the the punk kid he's like watching sort of nervously from the side and he's kind of liking it but mm. he doesn't quite get involved uh, there's a guy on a bike just oh, yeah. doing mad tricks oh yeah while well, the painting's <laughs> happening there's lots of coke advertisements everywhere mm. and it looks like it does look like a commercial yeah film, yeah it? it's like kind of like a commercial and kind of like a music video yeah. as well like, as you said everyone's before. having
1: fun with no context involved everyone's just having like the time of their lives painting things yeah
0: and yeah this this song that's playing here is called rainbow and this became a huge hit wow this is a big big song
2: in fact it was a gold record it it hit over a hundred thousand uh sales in brazil that's a, a huge amount yeah and and some of the songs were played a lot on the radio and have become almost anthems, you know. I mean, people. Now you're asking later on about the fans. Some of them have been coming. There was a 30-year anniversary, in 88. Uh, it was 88, so uh, 2018 was a 30-year anniversary. And a bunch of fans put together this whole celebration, and they were they were saying that some of those songs stuck with them their whole lives. So it was really kind of kind of cool to know that. Whatever part I played uh, whatever credit I got uh, it had something to do with me uh, putting that out there and it, it feels really nice that it's had this impact I'd say the big one was Arquis which is uh uh rainbow basically it's the kind of the opening song and it's also the song that you hear it and the credit's rolling so that's the that's the big one that that was the kind of the, the one that everybody Remembers and um uh, I pretty much like all the songs that they're there's so much fun they were all done by uh, the same two guys the composers that were very uh, familiar with Shusha's music they'd done all almost everything she'd done up to then so uh Michael Sullivan and paula masadas that that was their thing and 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 she liked them, so we were there to please her as much as the audience,
0: okay, so back to the scene, Rafa. Gets onto Shusha's bike, not trying to steal it, but just, kind just, of just having a fun. Yeah, time. just having a fun time, just revving it. And then oh. someone ridiculous enters the scene. Yeah, it's like this. They're like they're reporters, right? Like coming mm.
1: to document all the happiness that's happening with the rainbows and everything. But they see the kid on the bike and think he's trying to steal it. Mm. And we, I think, we hear off camera,
0: and then we see the reporter who has the most ridiculous hair I've ever seen. The way I would describe her, she looks like a John Waters character mixed with Marge Simpson. That's a very good description, <laughs> yes. It's kind of like that sort of S- 60s beehive
1: sort of yeah. thing going on. But it's like straight vertical for days. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane hair. And she's she's a, she's a, I don't want to be mean to the person, this, her character, but she's a weird character. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and a funny poor. looking character. But it's like, what was, what was the purpose of her being that odd in this movie? It is quite... Because she's not like,
0: she's not portraying the villain. No, no. And you're right. She like enters the scene and you're like, oh, this is going to be a main character. Yeah. Because she's outrageously dressed and she gives off villain vibes, yeah. but she's kind of irrelevant. We don't, she is. That's She's it. Completely right. irrelevant. It's just, it's just this scene. Well, the, on, the only relevance it brings is connecting it to the
1: following scene. But mm. there's no point of her getting angry at the kid, really. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No.
0: And no her point. being that strange looking. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great detail. Like many of the weird details well, in this film. I liked it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her camera guy that's with her, he gets his foot stuck in a sewer drain mm. as they're like panicking about the kid. And his sunglasses... Uh, fall down into the drain Mm. then we cut down Mm. into the underground Mm -hmm. and as this is happening as the glasses are falling down we're getting flashes of like violence and like just horrible shit like like uh tv reports just like flashes of all this sort of stuff and then we meet our very disgusting villains Mm -hmm. of the film so first we see the sidekicks Mm -hmm. so we've got more who's Sort of looks like a goblin. Yeah,
3: I'd say he's got yeah. like a pointy, yeah, 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 yeah. pointy
0: nose, pointy ears, and so Morcego and Chichika who's kind of like a fat, fat man with a snout. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty that grim.
0: Well, sl- oh, he is. <laughs> it's a really apt description. <laughs> oh, God. And, and they're like just immediately absurd. They kind of reminded me of like Power Rangers villains. You know, there's like two oh, villains yeah. that hang out with the witch in, in Power Rangers. Sure. They're, they're kind of like, they've got that vibe. Yeah. They're actually almost exactly like those characters even like visually like yeah. one's a fat piggy one and one's like a goblin kind of man sure. but yeah they're grabbing at the glasses they're trying to eat them they're hungry yeah they're they always hungry these guys there. what's it yeah. called the, the the down is it called in the, down mood down, down the, mood the place down. is called down well, he, mood is now here's where it gets a little complicated oh you know? even more <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i'll start i'll have to explain the title of this film mm. so here we meet the main villain who yes. grabs the sunglasses off, he puts them on, and we meet him. So, this character's name is Baisho Astral. Okay. So, the movie's called Super Shusha versus Baisho Astral, essentially. Right, right. But what's complicated is the character character's name, the main villain, his yeah. name is Baisho Astral. But that also means down mood. And the world is also kind of called Baishu Astral. Uh, right. So it's a little bit complicated. <laughs> yeah. But essentially, yeah, Baishu Astral means like bad vibes or like, yeah, just bad things mm. in the world.
2: The title of the film is Super Shusha Contra Baishu Astral. And Baishu Astral is, it's the bad guys, the bad vibes, the, the, the lower emotions, the the greed, the anger, the revenge, the, the egotism, narcissism, all, all those things.
0: This villain, Show Astral, he's played by Guilherme Karam, okay. uh, who is a pretty prolific actor, and he sadly passed away in 2016. But I really love his performance. Oh, he was a great girl. villain. Yeah, he's great villain. awesome. How would you... He's quite hard to describe, though. No, he's...
1: no. You got it? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> In my nose I was like, Right, how am I gonna describe this 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 down mood and these group of people? And for me, they are essentially the band Ramstein.
0: Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> real like he looks like a Ramstein right? member. I put Ramstein with a
0: dash of Tetsuo 2. That's perfect. Yeah. Right. He's got like kind of that silver face. Yeah. The contact lenses. Very His- industrial. He's got yeah. some big like armor type steel helmet mm. thing on which is
1: ups- insane proportions
0: yeah yeah and he kind of wears like a helmet that looks like kind of like a bomb as well yeah, like yeah, an yeah. atomic bomb but yeah so the- these are our villains so I- i'll just for simplicity's sake i'm just gonna call him by show because I don't want to say his full name every time. Oh, I, ju- I just refer to him as Rammstein in <laughs> sure. my notes. <laughs> so we've got Baisho, Mosagao, and Chichika, yep. and they're watching TV while Baisho is like lamenting about wanting to destroy the world. The news is talking about strikes, murders, kidnapping, I this terrorists. was interesting. Yeah, because it's a, it's a kids movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are
1: seeing all these, like, flash news of, like, you know, war and terrorism. And, mm. and I was like, well, that's
0: quite kind of full on. It's pretty heavy for a kids show. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about that a bit later on as well. But there are themes in this film that are very adult. And mm. this is sort of the beginning of it and what, what makes it quite interesting, I think. And the the TV reporter as well is... Absurd! Like he's loving it. He's oh, like, yeah. "This is great!" And he pulls oh. out his teeth. Yeah. at one point, point. Yeah, yeah. it's just madness. <laughs> it's really mad. But like that. So what? He's
1: basically the uh, the boss, the evil boss dude. Um, by show, by show, he's constantly broadcasting or showing all these horrendous clips from around the world to keep the mood in this area down. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the confrontation between him and Shusha mm. come into play, right? Because yeah. she's trying to spread joy.
0: And he's trying to spread bad vibes. And that's exactly it. So, like, when the TV's on, it cuts back to that ridiculous uh reporter that we saw earlier, the Marge Simpson lady. Yeah, she's talking to Shusha, who's telling us exactly that. She's like, I want to end poverty, end violence. I want to make the world a beautiful place. And as David said before as well, like, this is... Shusha, this is her real person. Oh, really? <laughs> She's a big environmentalist. Like, wants to you know make the world a, a magical place. Sort of oh, so say perfectly casting, then yeah. And as you said as well, Baisho is not pleased with this. He wants the opposite. He wants to destroy the world. He wants mm. war and everyone to feel like shit. <laughs> but then watching the TV, he sees uh, Shusha hugging onto her puppet dog yep. Shusho. And he decides this is her weakness. This Mm. is how he's going to get her. But yeah, so then we cut to not Shusha, Shusho, the dog, at home, watching TV. Mm. And he's like watching himself painting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so creative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I was kind of confused at this point because- there's also a
0: Barbie doll in this scene, right? What's, which it, it's kind of like a Shusha doll, right? Oh, I I oh. thought it was meant to be Shusha. Oh, maybe you're right, yeah. Mm-mm.
1: Maybe. But, um, I never, because I've watched this movie twice now, and I still haven't figured out is this Barbie doll, or Shusha
0: doll. Alive and talking, or is that the dog talking? Well, the dog, yeah, the dog's talking in this scene, but there are parts where that doll becomes animated as well. But it never speaks, I don't think. But at one point, it like closes its eyes when something bad's happening. It's It's kind of freaks me out. And, and yeah, like you said, uh, Shushol, the
1: dog is watching himself and he kind of sees the, I don't know, premonition or something of the down mood people
0: coming. I really love this is like this recurring image that happens in this film where as people start to get down, mm. cause he's like, Oh, like where's, where's Shushi's He's like getting all like mm. upset about her not being there. And then we see, it's kind of like a POV uh, yeah. by show and like his clawed hands, like mm. coming out to get the dog. yeah, And that's like some an image we see like a few times in this mm. film, right before the hands Grab the dog. Shusha comes in and yeah. sort of interrupts the the bad, vibes, the bad in, vibes in the room, and he disappears. But then after that,
1: like Shusha becomes like he got a bit of an attitude
0: on him, hasn't he? Yeah, he he's changes. all he's all jealous and yeah. upset and, and refusing to kiss Shusha.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so was that? Did he change attitude because? He got some
0: bad vibes from the Mm, Rammstein people. I guess he was influenced by Rammstein. Who To feel down. So Shusha comes in and as she turns her back on him, the sidekicks, the Baishu, the Mm. Rammstein sidekicks come in and they steal. They kidnap her dog and steal the doll as well oh yeah which the big lad chichika keeps keeps a hold on that for the rest of the film which is quite a creepy bit disturbing <laughs> yeah very disturbing and yeah shusha turns around sees that he's gone and sees a message on the tv saying that the dog has being kidnapped and that she has to come and get him and i loved her reaction to it when she sees the message <laughs> she she's say? like oh no <laughs> Was she looking directly at the camera at this point? I can't remember if she's right at the camera. (laughs) So, Mosagawa and Chichika, they deliver Shusho the dog to Baisho. And despite their success, like, they did exactly what he wanted. But Baisho is really pissed off about just their incompetence, I Mm. guess. And he says he wants a new apprentice. And he starts, like, stomping around the room. There's, like, a lit-up world map yeah him, yeah, he, yeah i really love that image mm. he's like stomping on this world map and he goes to the tv and starts looking for a replacement mm. so we see like a mad scientist oh yeah first yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. wanting to blow up the world and he's like nah this guy is this guy's an idiot <laughs> and then uh then we see like a dodgy like corrupt politician mm. who's getting like booed by a crowd he's like nah, this guy's a dumbass i don't want him but this, again, is, like, as you said, the kind of adult stuff in this. Mm. I feel like we've got these layers. It's a kid's film, but we do have these layers that are, like, kind of like a commentary, like social commentary, oh, yeah. political commentary, very much, like, connected to Brazil at the time right. as well. A lot of this came from Shusha's opinions about environmentalism mm. and the state of the world, but it was also connected to what Brazil was like at the time. Right.
2: We put it in the context of Shusha's or... Um, personality, and linked to all of the subjects in the story. She has always been an environmentalist, uh, someone who believes in justice, someone who's very spiritual. uh, uh, And all of those principles were and are reflected in who Shusha is. So we were not trying to push something that was like fake, And that's part of what makes it universally, I think, uh, resonating. Because they're not only archetypal, they're also who Xuxa is and who Brazil is with bureaucracy and trash. And I did documentaries about environment in Brazil. It's it, very, very difficult subject matter and, and uh, impactful on everybody's lives, as, as is discrimination, as is uh, all kind you know, bureaucracy, everything. So those were why we brought those themes of bureaucracy and, and trash being the uh, henchman for the big bad guy who's kind of like the one who commands everything with industrial military complex and, and walking on top of the world's map. All of those things were very, very thought out. And the, the, all the sequences in, uh, that we did for television Uh, showing what he was doing through the TV, because TV, this is before internet, remember. So TV was was it, and still is to a degree, but, you know, people weren't glued to their cell phones. There were no cell phones. That was it. I don't remember people really being upset by all of those things, because it was was very familiar. It wasn't like we were, you know, revealing something nobody knew. We were making, it was a political satire, and, and social satire, I was surprised. I thought there would, I thought there would be a pushback
0: from the government about mm. how harsh this film can be mm. about Brazil. But according to David, no pushback. Nothing. Yeah. They well, were allowed to go ahead. Interesting.
1: Yeah. It's one of those films, like, you know, and not just limited to this film. When you watch, um, children's films, um, but that also have some kind of, adult humor or some undertones in there which you they go completely over your head when you watch it as a kid mm. and then you come back later on you're like wow yeah they yeah. went there and you only realize it when you're an adult <laughs> and this is full of those kind of things i feel like the majority of kids watching this would have no idea what quite a lot of this film means or what they're really talking about but uh perhaps if they're watching with their parents as well mm. they, the parents would get it and that's also one of those things you know when you have those films that both children and adults can enjoy, I think mm. this would
0: be quite a good uh, example of that, definitely, definitely, so while watching TV and searching for his new sidekick, uh, he comes across a video of Rafa, the denim yeah, jacket wearing yeah, yeah. punk kid from before, who's bullying a kind of nerdy kid, mm. and by shows just
1: like, "Yeah, this is my guy." <laughs> I you know what, I didn't get that at all. Like, I completely overlooked why he why he ended up kidnapping that Rafa kid. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that would have been quite confusing. I, I was just like, okay, now he's in the down down mood. I feel like he, he sees the potential in this yeah. kid to become become a great sidekick. Yeah. And he tells his yeah, he tells Masagawa and Chichika to go get Rafa. And then he just plays a few cruel games with the dog. He's like holding a cookie towards and then taking it away. (laughs) But then he moves on to his next strategy for Shusha, which is to scare her. Oh, So is this where now Shusha is
1: in her room thinking about how she's going to get the dog back? Yes. This startles me quite a lot. Yes. (laughs) It is quite a shocking (laughs) moment. But so she's in her room... And she's like, "Oh my Shusha, how am I going to get my Shusha back?" And all of a sudden, behind her, the uh, the sofa starts moving, like move, and then it starts talking to her <laughs> and comforting her. And she goes to sleep on this sofa, and it, the sofa has its like you know the the sofa arms that wraps around yeah. her, and, and you know can, you know comforts her essentially. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's it's pretty terrifying. I was I wasn't expecting the sofa to start moving and
0: talking and It's genuinely quite frightening because yeah. it comes out of nowhere, right? And yeah. It, and it's very like a very handsy sofa as well. So it's a bit full on. And the couch is also or the sofa sofa's also saying very tripped out sort of stuff yeah. as well. So the sofa's like some things we can't find out while we're awake. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be another good t-shirt Yes, yeah. us to get made. <laughs> And then does she have a dream of the dog After yeah, she goes she... To sleep in dreams of Shusha Yeah, and and like the, the sofa's just Rambling about dreams And going to the bottom of her mind And Shusha's singing a song About dreams As the sofa's hugging her Yeah, that's right She's like dreaming of like hugging Shusha, right? Mm. Shusha she has <laughs> <Shusha. laughs> got these, these names <laughs> In the middle of the stream, we then cut to Rafa, mm. the punk. Punk kid. And he's spray painting and ranting about being expelled. Oh,
1: and- yeah. I just, I've been expelled twice now in the yeah. last
0: month or something. <laughs> <sighs> and then he finds uh, Shusha's bike again. Oh. And starts getting back on it again, yeah. playing around. And Morsegao and Chichika approach him out of nowhere and accuse him of trying to steal it. So then- Back to Shusha, and she hears the sound of her her bike getting stolen. That sort of wakes mm. her up. And then she looks into the TV, touches the screen. She's sort of like seeing herself mm. in the screen. Not a reflection, but mm. like an actual video of herself, basically. And some hands appear behind her, mm-hmm. right? Like the Baishu hands. And then she's pulled into the TV, like sucked into mm. the TV. It's a really cool effect. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I it's really awesome. It's like awesome. For me, from this point, it becomes quite clear what the biggest influence on this film Mm. is... And David did confirm. Did you feel like there was a film that had, in particular had a big influence on this, for, there, just from watching it?
1: There were certain scenes that were extremely labyrinth esque. Right, right, like mm. like extremely. It's not. We haven't got to those scenes uh, particularly yet, but we will get to them soon. But then also, I felt this is very like Alice in Wonderland y. Hmm,
3: hmm, hmm.
1: There's a lot of like falling down the holes, right? Sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Mm. And then some of the characters, as well that come down later, like the um,
0: the birds and the turtle, like the turtle grandma mm. thing. It's very uh, Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland's a good good shot. But the main influence on this was actually The Wizard of Oz.
2: When I grew up, Wizard of Oz became a a ritual for me. I began seeing it on TV when I was around two or three years old. And I watched it every year on TV. And there was some scary-ass stuff there. It made me have nightmares. Literally, I I remember the witch flying through the window. And I had nightmares with that image. But I kept wanting to go back and watch it every year until I was 10. And I went to see it for the first time in the movie theater. And when Dorothy opened the door and everything turned into Technicolor, it was my first acid trip. It was like <laughs> I didn't need drugs. I was so flipped out because I knew that movie so well. I had no idea. Nobody ever told me that it was going to turn into color. So I, I, that, was, that was a real wow. So that, that film is honestly um, much more influential on in this uh, Super Shusha than Labyrinth. Labyrinth came out a year or two before we made that film. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, this works. We can do that. When I saw, saw that, I also saw Dark Crystal around that time. So it was those two films, Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, looked to me stylistically like, oh, these are successful films. We can do this with the budget that we have. Let's go for it. So it kind of was an affirmation, more than anything, a stylistic affirmation. Jim Henson uh, established that puppetry is, can be very successful and commercially viable.
1: Funny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to say that because I actually made a reference to Wizard of Oz in my notes, but mm. but com- in a complete separate separate uh thing right, not, not in right. terms of like um similar content mm-hmm. but just as a side note uh i'll talk about it at the end of the podcast but mm. uh, that's interesting yeah Yeah, I, I can
0: see that yeah i can see the wizard of Oz. i think for me the the labyrinth stuff is more like like it's a similar kind of story mm. so it will naturally sort of have those sort of c- comparisons yeah, yeah but not only that so, so you're saying so this only came out a
1: year or so after labyrinth? I, I think so yeah that's yeah. crazy because there's um a scene that we get to you know in labyrinth where uh, jennifer connelly approaches the entrance of the maze Mm-mm. and there's the the little caterpillar yeah in the wall and the maze just goes on forever she can't
0: find the entrance mm. like we have that exact scene mm. in this film that's yeah for me that's the one part that yeah. is like brings to mind labyrinth like lot. it's like scene for scene So we're back to Rafa. He's getting chased by Mosegau and Chichika, but they're now on all on bikes, mm-hmm. which is c- quite confusing at first because they've got helmets on, so you don't know who's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Rafa's getting chased by the two sidekicks. They drive into a fast food restaurant, <laughs> uh, hell, yeah. uh, causing absolute chaos. The restaurant is called Bob's, and I looked it up, so this is another piece of advertising the film. It's a Brazilian fast food chain. Really? With... 811 stores in Brazil. Wow. So it's a a pretty uh, big store. But but I love this thing because it's kind of, it's almost like a bit trauma esque. there's like teens making out and then like they'll ride over some like sauce bottle and it'll squirt them in the face and stuff like that. There's a bit where Raph is like flung off the bike and Mm. slides down the counter Mm. and then someone is like holding out a hot dog or something (laughs) and he just shoves it into his mouth biting onto it. It's it's mad stuff. But anyway, that's all irrelevant, that fast food bit. He runs out of there. Mosugao and Chishikika are still chasing him. They corner him and he's caught and taken to Baisho mm. in the, the down mood world. Mm. And Baisho invites him to access his fridge. Yes, so uh, this
1: was the first point where I was like, oh, so there's
0: a Coca-Cola product yeah, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> there's a big Coke right in the middle, right? Of and the it's, fridge. it's
1: not just that. It's like th- we're in this grimy, dirty, yeah, un- everything is caked in scud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's grim.
0: Literal feces. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the, the boss is like, oh, you can access my fridge. And opens the fridge. And it, inside the fridge as well, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Apart from this one like, glowing bottle of Coke in the middle. Like, it's illuminated. Pristine. Yeah, it's right like the, the magical bottle oh, of Coke, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah and in, in this scene, like, Baisho is like, I need to train you mm. to be my sidekick. Shusho, the dog, is all chained up, mm. begging for help. <laughs> it's really messed up. And, <laughs> <this> and Baisha <laughs> wants Rafa to torture Shusho. <laughs> but Rafa refuses to do it. He's not. He's not a bad kid. And then... This next part, when I was, when I first saw this and I was mm. feeling sick, I quite, quite seriously nearly threw up watching this. scene. <laughs> oh. So, cause he was refusing to torture the dog, Morsegau and Chichika punish him. Mm. So they give Rafa a mop and a bucket and sort of put him under like this shower head sort of thing. Yeah. And then they, they pull this like toilet chain that's next to it and he- Basically, you know, there's like Nickelodeon shows yeah, where you get slimed, yeah, like that, yeah. but imagine that. But instead of slime, it's literal shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like coated in liquid poo. Was it liquid poo? I, I, I thought mean, it was like oil or, or something. I mean, I, cause they're like down in the sewers and stuff. My, my feeling oh. was it's poo, but maybe that's just where my mind goes. <laughs> but he, and he's like disgusted by this. And then oh, the it gets worse. quite distressing. It gets worse. Then he he runs <laughs> off and he out of the trash that's in this place, yeah. he digs out a sort of half-used tube of Colgate <laughs> and then smears some onto his fingers and starts rubbing it over his teeth. But oh, he's all, like, like, covered in shit. Yeah. And, like, just, oh.
1: Really, like, vigorously rubbing his teeth. His and you can see, are, like, panic in yeah. his face. <laughs> it's like... It's like <laughs>
0: oh my god that scene is so it's bonkers. very upsetting but
1: but you said that this was also a sponsor so <laughs> yeah. Colgate paid yeah. them to put their products in this movie and this is how it was used and I don't think we see Colgate again That's a, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. this poor kid Rafa covered in oh. shit <laughs> desperately trying to clean his teeth I mean, that's not quite the uh, the beautiful product placement that Coca-Cola got,
0: did it? Oh, my God. That is... That is, that is true. And it's also, like, a grimy, like, tube yeah, as well. Yeah, like it's, like, half
1: squeezed yeah. like, out of the trash. Like, literally squeezing the dregs of the Colgate out.
0: Oh, that is really grim. That is so grim. So then we get... The next scene, the wall of illusions, oh. which is the kind of most labyrinthy it's, kind of scene. It's labyrinth. Shusha's been sucked into the TV, and she's now in like this weird kind of fantasy world. Nothing really makes any kind of logical sense mm. from where she goes here. She's just in another world and traveling through these different places. But she's standing in front of this huge wall of hieroglyphics, and I really love. Like the design of Mm. the scene, the lighting is is really cool. Uh, The set looks amazing. This scene is very much David's scene.
2: I had so much fun doing Muro das Ilusões, the, the, um, the Wall of Illusions. I storyboarded that whole thing in my head thinking what would be really fun for Shusha to do if we could do anything we wanted to do within the budget that we had. I think this is mostly my scene more than any other in the, in the film because it's so visual. I created the whole scene with optical illusions and things moving that don't normally move. And, and then a song that I helped write the lyrics. On. I didn't take credit for it because I, I didn't need to do that. But I was creating the story behind it, uh, how to move past walls of illusions. And get to your goal. I mean, there was a a theme in that, uh, but I basically created all the visuals for that, and and the music would you know fit. We we kind of created the music to fit the visuals in in a sense too, so that it could be a a, a united piece. A lot of visuals were done after uh, the song was made, but mostly we were storyboarding and writing the the songs and the lyrics same time so they would be very coordinated
0: yeah so she tries to push the wall trying to get through this big wall the clawed hands start coming Mm. in again because she's feeling that down mood but like almost every time the clawed hands come down they're interrupted by a scream of another character right (laughs) so we hear like this screaming sound and we hear a voice delivering the very unusual line of what are eyes for if you can't see Another mm. t shirt idea oh. there for that one. Add it to the pile. Here we meet so alright, we've had Shusha, yeah, the main character. Shusho, yeah, the dog. This character's name is Shisha. Shisha. Right. How would you describe Shisha? Easily, it's it's a caterpillar. A kind of sassy caterpillar. I, I and- would say more than just a caterpillar though, for me. It's the face is very full on. It's an uncanny valley territory. What well, who does it look like? I don't know who it looks like, but it just looks very human. It's not like oh, a, right, it's not like the dog.
2: This one puppet was very fun to work with because we did it in several scales. It was uh, basically the size of uh, you know to fit into a, a little um, pouch that Shusha wore at her waist. And then when we go on a close up, we've got a puppet that's got a head about this big so that's being manipulated you know, by the puppeteer to be in sync with both the dialogue and the music itself in playback so that that was a really fun one to do so what i did in post-production on that was to foley the sounds of the minorca we call them and a caterpillar and i took a water balloon and filled it up half with air and half with water and wet the outside of it, and I played this watery, gooey, slippery uh, kind of instrument in a fully stage, watching the, the image.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I, I liked this puppet. There was something, which is, you know, back to what you were saying, just where my mind goes, there was something very odd about this puppet. Because it's kind mm. of coming in and out the wall, right? Mm. And there's something very glory hole like <laughs> about this caterpillar,
3: because
1: <laughs> its tail end is right, just right. coming yeah, yeah, out yeah. of a hole in the wall sure, and kind sure. of like flopping around. Just looks like a <laughs> fucking flaccid penis <laughs> coming out a wall. <laughs> oh god! I know it's not supposed to be, but then there's one point a little bit later where the uh where liquid starts
0: dripping yeah. out of
1: the <laughs> sure, the tip sure. of it.
0: <laughs> there is. There is something about this caterpillar that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Sure. I couldn't quite pinpoint it, but maybe that's part of it as well. <laughs> also, one other little fact about this caterpillar. So, the woman voicing Shisha is Katia Morales. Okay, I I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, but yeah, she now lives in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and is quite a popular singer. Oh. And she is still friends with David. So there you go. Well, hey. You can go see Shisha the Caterpillar performing in LA if you want. Hey. But yes, as you said, some some weird things happen with this Caterpillar after this. So Shisha demands to see Shusha's Nails. Yeah. And to read her future, kind of do a palm reading, but it's a nail reading. Yeah. And yeah, she spits some ash or something on the fingernails first, mm. and then, yeah, jizzes out some <laughs> oil <laughs> from the tail. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shusha's nail turns into a rainbow.
3: Yeah. Which
0: we hear it will be a shield to protect her. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Shusha looks into the nail. And sees her dog and also sees a big mountain, mm. which shows where she has to go next. And then we get a pretty wild song. Oh, man. Where, yeah, <laughs> yeah she, Shisha, the caterpillar, starts singing a, a song about solutions. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like it's just, this, it's just crazy. Like Shisha's like picking stuff off the wall. Yeah. And it's like kind of muck coming mm. off the wall. And then she throws it up and it, sort of freezes in mid-air and the walls like warping and shrinking and changing shape. We're seeing like mirrors and like weird optical illusions. Mm, a lot and of mirror stuff in here. A lot it? of mirror stuff. And then Shusha just does this like really I've written it down as a rad dance. <laughs> does a really <laughs> great I really loved her dancing at this bit. But it's done like next to mirrors and stuff. Mm. So we're seeing like multiple Shushas or like legs poking out mm. from from mirrors so it's all like warped bodies the caterpillar gets involved as well <laughs> it's very de- it's quite a demented moment in the film <laughs> the whole film is demented but yeah this is especially bizarre <laughs> yeah so then after the song the walls open up Leading to a desert mm. and they head off the caterpillar as well as Shusha head off into that desert. Oh, that's it. Sh- Shusha comes along for the Sh- ride. Shusha's along yeah. for the ride. Yeah. But before we see what happens in that desert, we go back to the old down mood mm. by Show Astral, where he's fucking furious about- he hates that caterpillar, understandably. <laughs> um I also love like my shows talking about all the bad things they've done yeah did you catch yeah, your, like, yeah. the bad, some of the bad things
1: oh what was it? it was like poisoning the well and stuff
0: also. yeah it's like it's pretty outrageous <laughs> stuff taking taking milk away from starving children <laughs> uh, putting graffiti on the great wall of China that's right yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah Morsugawa and Chichika, they're like demanding to torture mm. Shusho the dog mm. they like really want to hurt him for some reason and they pull out some fleas yeah. and put them on Shusha. And they those fleas play a somewhat important role later in the film. Yeah. And this is the bit where that, the Shusha doll that we were talking about kind of comes to life mm. in the scene and it's like watching this happen and it's like oh no it was quite upsetting so Baisho watches his tv screen as Shusha's walking around the desert he's eating giant hunks of meat <laughs> as it's happening and he's the only one who's allowed to eat no one else has any food no, he? <laughs> he's just eating these piles of meat and he also demands for and Chichika to send bad vibes Shusha's <laughs> way so then we're into the desert where Shusha is having a terrible time complaining about that heat.
1: Oh, some, yeah. She, then some
0: weird shit happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Like, some monsters, like, pop up in the background, and she just starts attacking them. (laughs) Just, like, throwing sand at them. Very (laughs) Unshusha-like. I know. I guess it's the bad vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's funny, because we don't even know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But she's like, stop it, you monsters! And starts attacking them,
0: throwing sand at them. And What are they doing? Shisha tells us they're Lango langos is what they're called. And they just want to protect the environment. And they're- Planting trees and bringing like the desert back to life. That would be someone
1: that she should know about. Shusha, Shusha, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She uh,
0: should make some business deals with them,
1: and then yeah, we see them plant some trees, and then that's kind of it.
0: They don't that's, ever come back. That's basically it, and, and they, we don't have any other reference or anything to the desert. No, like, that, that's it for the Lango langos They they kind of like point her in the right way. That's I guess their function, but and where is the right way? oh wow so yeah this (laughs) this scene is probably the reason why i wanted to do this film when i first saw it i I, this has always been on my list for the the podcast right so they arrive at the sea at the ocean Mm. the beach and shisha's just like instantly goes to sleep this is the caterpillar not shisha right so we do get a a respite from the caterpillar which mm. is quite nice to not
3: have but that
1: caterpillar what, what around for a
0: bit interesting about this scene is like so
1: she arrives at the ocean but all of her shots uh shusha's shots are like really close so it takes quite a long while for us to actually see mm. the ocean we can mm. hear the ocean and the waves crashing but for quite a while we never actually see anything mm. so i was like are you really in the ocean or are you just
0: pretending oh but we will be in that ocean soon so, Shusha's all upset. She's, like, lying down on the beach. We get the hands coming down to get mm. her again, which are, again, interrupted by a very oh. mournful scream. That and screeching noise. Oh. I was like, what the fuck is that? This this part is is very disturbing. So, Shusha looks around. She sees a pink dolphin yeah. in a net. And the dolphin tells her. It's so funny. <laughs> the dolphin's like, they- they're gonna pull out my eyes and sell them they say that my eyes bring good luck (laughs) which is such a disturbing way to introduce yourself to someone really (laughs) and the voice of this dolphin is so creepy because it's a normal man's voice right but then there's like this sort of screeching dolphins screaming in the background of, mm. of the voice, sort of echoing. Yeah, it's just really intense. And Shusha, she's just like, yeah, you should just get out of here. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she frees the dolphin. Then we crossfade into the water where Shusha is riding the dolphin and we start to hear a song about being brothers and sisters. Yeah, I didn't get that. And I, I wanted to take a pause before- we get into this song, which is my favorite part of the film, just to play you a clip of David and I talking about this particular scene.
2: Are you speaking of the moment that she discovered? Yeah.
0: yeah. I I remember just being like, well, it's like, it's quite a like gut wrenching moment.
2: (laughs) Well, it's, it's really um, satisfying to know that you had that feeling Mm -hmm. because we wanted to have that impact. We, an and I have always and probably always will be uh, environmentalists and 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 uh, nature uh, lovers and um, that we wanted to have that impact that you just described and then how did you feel later in the scene like when it when it gets really fun after that the musical well, well, number <laughs> I mean, back, she she rescues the dolphin and then goes swimming underwater and and. Sings the song with all these creatures. Mm-mm-mm.
0: Yeah, that, that's my favorite bit in the film, that musical number.
2: Thank you. Well that that's that's great.
0: That whole sequence is I like, I was enjoying the film, but that's the scene that made me really love the film. That was my my favorite part. Well, uh
2: please play that to your audience when you edit this. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure.
0: But yeah, you could see not only Shusha is an environmentalist, but mm. both David and Anna are. So this scene is, like, quite important for mm. them. And it is disturbing. That dolphin, like, when you see it, it's so full on.
1: Is it, is in a kid's film like a, as well. It's like a
0: beach dolphin wrapped yeah. up in a net yeah. and they're going to sell my eyes. Yeah. Like, it's fucked. And and like you said before, like, the the kind of... The moments that you get in this, that like, it's a kid's film, but mm. that would... That This freaks me out as an adult. Mm. Like, if I was a kid watching this, I'd have nightmares about that dolphin for, <laughs> for weeks, I'd say. There's something, I mean, obviously,
1: it's, it's a puppet, mm. but there's something just very distressing mm. looking about this
0: dolphin. For sure, yeah. It's really...
1: Yeah, you're right. It's, I, th- it I is... think because, I mean, it almost looks like, you know, imagine Mr. Blobby as a dolphin, because yeah. he's pink as well, right? It's just that, that big, like, bug-eyed <laughs> thing, just like... Like, because he's big and he's on the beach, so kind of awkward looking,
0: because he's not in the mm. water. That's not our first reference to Mr. Blobby in this podcast. Mr. Blobby's pretty wrong, though, so I yeah. feel like it's appropriate. <laughs> we should do a Mr. Blobby mini oh. at some point. That'd be good. Okay, so, <laughs> back to the film. Shusha is riding the dolphin mm. underwater. I liked this thing. Yeah, yeah, this is my favourite It part. was great. And it's mad. It's mad. <laughs> yeah. So... Not only is she riding this dolphin while singing this song, all the fish around her are dancing and kissing each other relentlessly. Like, all these fish are just, like, kissing each other. Yeah. And we see, like, an <laughs> octopus playing a fish as a trumpet and, um, like, a fish playing shellfish as instruments. Yeah. And when I was watching this, I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is really ripping off uh, the little mermaid. Right. But it's not. Because oh. this film came out before The Little Mermaid. Oh. So, The Little Mermaid ripped off Super Shusha <laughs> <laughs> With all the fish playing each other. I see. I see. But there is so much, like, fish making Every- out. Everyone is, this like in very this. happy. They're all smiling. I've
1: never yeah. seen a fish smile before, <laughs> but all these fish look happy as fuck. And I really like the way this uh, scene was established. Because even though, like, they're in the water, this wasn't filmed in mm-hmm. the water. Mm-hmm so she's i know she's like essentially levitating by some sort of device so she's flying through the air on top of this dolphin and the way they created the water effect was probably just by blasting her with a fan <laughs> yeah, so her, yeah. her hair
0: is all like floating as if yeah, it was underwater yeah. and it looks great yeah yeah it's such a yeah. it's a great moment of the film it's the highlight for sure mm. and after the song wraps up the the dolphin the disturbing dolphin gives shusha a bracelet oh, as a present this and, he, is important, and yeah. he tells her don't ever be violent and swims off <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, <laughs>
1: We watched an English subtitled version. Mm. I'm wondering how accurate these
0: subtitles are. I think that they're really shitty. I think they're shitty subtitles, unfortunately, yeah. Because there are some very odd things said in here. Yeah, I think, like, you get the gist of the story, but there's definitely a lot lost in these subtitles. Yeah, there's some bizarre moments. Don't be violent. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. Say this bracelet. Don't be violent, okay? I think don't be violent.
1: One of my favorite lines that comes up soon says, "Like hell, don't let the turtle get defecated."
0: Yeah, (laughs) that was the other one I was going to bring up. What? Yeah, (laughs) bonkers. (laughs) Uh, So then we get so we've had the disturbing dolphin scene. Then we get the next most disturbing scene. Oh Christ! So we're back to to Astral's lair. Now we're getting into strategy three, which mm. is confuse the enemy. So he shouts out for Mosegau and Chichika, mm. his sidekicks. But there, they have been some naughty boys and they've stolen from his giant meat pile. They've stolen some sausages, yep. which they're cooking in some fucking disgusting area of the land. You, you wouldn't want to eat in this place. You're nah. definitely getting sick. If I you're, wouldn't want to go there. You're going to have diarrhea for weeks after eating in this place. So they're... they're <laughs> They're frying up these sausages that they've stolen from their boss. Shusho, the dog, manages to steal a sausage Mm -hmm. because he's he's hungry as well. He didn't get fed those cookies from before. And he's stolen the sausage. So Chichika grabs the dog, pulls him up onto the chopping block, Mm. and he's going to chop off the dog's tail to replace the sausage. But in the process, the dog escapes and Chichika, the, what did you call him, the fat, swine oh, man. The, the, the pig man. Or the pig man. He chops off his own finger, which yeah. then falls into the sausage pile. Yeah. And when I was watching this, I'm like, this is madness. Like this is for kids. And and I love it yeah. because this is what kids films used to be like. Yeah. In the they used 80s. Used to be fucked. And yeah, David and I talked a bit about that.
2: Mm. It's just like a gross sight gag like uh, Three Stooges would have done uh, in my childhood i i i cringed when i saw the fingers going in their eyes cuz i really felt like oh they really hurt that really sticking a finger in there and to me that was that was like it, it was difficult to watch but we were making this for kids you know like let's, i'd say the main audience was like probably 3 to 12 year olds um and in brazil there's there we well i, I say we cuz I, when i was there it was like I felt part of this culture does not have the same sensitivities as, as a puritanical culture like most of the United States. And I think gross out stuff in Brazil, I think it was kind of like our punk movement, you know, uh, but punk for little kids. But it it is still like quite a... Uh...
1: Shocking scene to put into a children's film, yeah, right?
2: Yeah,
0: but a, a severed finger in a frame. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic. But it's the same as like you know, like Dark Crystal. I remember like watching that as a kid. And have you? You've seen Dark Crystal, right? Yeah, only once. Didn't like it. Really? Oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But there, there's a bit where a character has their kind of like their being, their soul, like mm. sucked out of them. Right. it's This cute little character yeah. called a podling as it's, like, getting drained of its essence. Right. And its, like, body is, like, like getting shr- shrunk up and its eyes are going, like, fully yeah. white. And it, it's so disturbing to mm. be in a kid's film. But but as a kid, I, like, hated that scene and yeah. loved it. You kind of, like, right. keep wanting to see sort of yeah. stuff like that. Same with, like, Temple of Doom. I was just about
1: to say, like, because mm. they weren't... I don't know about Australia or actually probably even England for that sake, but uh, I swear they're rated, like, PG.
0: I think so, England. yeah. So, like, yeah.
1: anyone can see them. But mm. those, like last scenes yeah are insane mm-hmm. and even like in um uh, the uh the holy grail where mm-hmm. he drinks from the wrong grail and gets all his
0: life sucked out of yeah, it but yeah, yeah. i remember that terrifying movie <laughs> absolutely yeah <as a> <laughs> and i i feel like that's something i mean i don't know i guess i don't really watch kids films modern kids films but mm. i feel like they don't go to those places anymore. Nah. Not not that Indiana Jones is a kid's film, but it's sort of, as you say, like PG kind of family sort yeah. of film. And Temple of Doom, you've got like guys ripping out hearts and yeah. like monkey brains yeah. being eaten. It's really yeah. horrific stuff. Yeah.
1: And even on the the lighter side of things, even in like uh Back to the Future, which is also a PG, like mm. they curse so much mm. in those movies. Mm. So even just the language used yeah. in today's movies Mm. So, so everything is so much cleaner than it was before that's true gotta bring that stuff back bring it back
0: bring it back Get out it here first <laughs> <laughs> no! so post the finger being chopped off uh Baisho comes over he's all pissed off mosagawa Ch- chichika blame the dog and rafa for stealing the sausages mm. but Baisho's proud of rafa for breaking the rules and Let's him go and raid the fridge again. get there more cola in I there. guess to get more, more <laughs> coke. So then we get the tree of knowledge sequence. Oh my sequence. God, this scene was a nightmare. Yeah, this is really intense stuff. Actually, I f- would say from here for the next maybe 15 minutes, it's pretty intense. Mm. So Shusha's approaching this sort of, there's like a mountain off in the distance, right? And she's, there's like these different roads leading to where she needs to go. And this canary bird thing suddenly, like very realistic looking canary, pops out of a tree stump and just immediately starts screaming at her. Oh, It's just like relentless crazy talk. Yeah. And Shusha's trying to ask like what road leads to the mountain. And as she's trying to ask this canary, this weird kind of monkey yeah. man appears behind her that yeah. she never interacts with but yeah he's just like copying
1: all her yeah. movements and is it me or is this monkey not in a jail costume like he's in a jail suit
0: is that what it is yeah I think it, so yeah it's like he is in some kind of yeah it looks something like battle like yeah i, I don't know <laughs> it's, oh it's fucked very it's fucked, fucked. <laughs> it's fucked <laughs> and she's getting dizzy yeah, Shusha's getting dizzy from from the canaries like mm. insane directions mm. and stumbles backwards, falls back into a tree, this mm. massive tree. And as she does, <laughs> all these books fall out of the tree and they land on this unbelievably disturbing looking <laughs> turtle woman who you mentioned before who says the Hell, don't let the turtle get defecated <laughs> And it's like a grandma in a turtle yeah. costume, isn't yeah. it? It's imagine, yeah, imagine like a grandma just a grandma's head yeah. that's been attached to a turtle. It's <laughs> it's really alarming stuff. Yeah. And the the,
1: the trees are talking, the books oh, and, yeah. uh, and the song that
0: plays Mm. it's like the i want to know knowledge song yeah this is where i get a little lost but yeah basically the turtles (laughs) talking about how books hold wisdom human legs are a defect because it (laughs) means that you don't stay still to learn you're just always going somewhere yeah and yeah as you say shusha's like singing this song about the different things that she wants to know yeah just all sorts of things. It's kind of like a but reggae then, reggae sort of yeah, sounding song. But then,
1: is, isn't this the song that also has, like, a really kind of, like, intense theme? Like, there are lyrics, like, why are there so many children in poverty? Why are there mm. so many if war kills so many? Like, yeah, it,
0: like, it, like, wait, wait, this is still a kid's film, right? Yeah, yeah. It, go, it goes to the, those dark places. So the turtle tells her you've got to take your first step. And this part I, I didn't really understand, but the turtle wants a dictionary. I don't know why. The subtitles are a bit too confusing for me to make sense of. Shusha climbs up the vines to get a dictionary. Hmm. She opens it up, but she can't find the words that the turtle wants to look up. Shusha's like, how am I supposed to go up this tree? And the turtle's like, ah, but you already are going up the tree. <laughs> so I guess that was uh, oh, that, that was the turtle's move turtle. that old turtle old turtle woman <laughs> done it again yeah that turtle lady that's a bit that's a bit much it's isn't a- it it's it's a thing of nightmares yeah you could yeah. imagine that crawling out of like Pan's Labyrinth or something <laughs> along with that eyeball <laughs> hands guy
3: <laughs> oh god just
1: that
0: scene just that the <laughs> turtle in the corner just yeah.
1: like don't forget <laughs> <laughs>
0: So then we're back to Baisho's lair And Baisho is trying to torture the Mm. dog He's got some kind of torture device But Rafa saves the day Starts pelting Pelting them with food from the fridge them And I found this so bleak this moment Because like Morsagao and Chichika Just start eating the food Oh yeah And it's just gross Because they're in this Hungry fellas (laughs) (laughs) Hungry fellas But this there's, is where we get for, for,
1: another... Like, we get, like, a Coca-Cola, like, fridge bang in the center of the frame. Yeah, yeah. Everything around it is dirty <laughs> and there's
0: massive letters of Coca-Cola. Coke. But... That Coca-Cola red shining out yeah. from the filth. And, yeah, Rafa tries to escape... And he gets into a fight with Baisho. They've both got antennas. I like this scene. Yeah. Yeah, And they're having this like antenna fight. It's like
1: the the antenna from the TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then because of that, the reception of the TV
0: gets scrambled. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So Rafa eventually loses the fight, but Baisho's kind of pissed off as well because he doesn't have access to the TV anymore. It's Mm -hmm. all just static. Back to Shusha. She's climbing up that tree, but now it's just vines. She's just like in amongst all these vines and in <laughs> oh, this fucking scene <laughs> wait, wait, before we get there though i've got a story so the <laughs> the vine stuff was quite interesting so david told me about the making of that scene as well
2: we originally had a, a scene called the uh, the tree of knowledge which ended up becoming the vine of knowledge uh, which is great i mean we created a wonderful thing but the the reason it, it it got transformed was budgetary uh, our art director budgeted what it would be like to build a tree like we were imagining which would be like one of these giant Amazonian trees and we had this meeting I remember or it, it, it you know we we couldn't do what was uh, envisioned I mean it was written in the script and then we did storyboards and then she came back with the budget, the art director, and we could not approve it. As a producer, I understood okay, uh, you know, this is my company and I've got a budget to work. So I came up with this idea to make it into vines. And that way we didn't have to structure a huge, big building of a tree, like, which would have been like, you know, 15 feet in diameter and this all the, we just had to basically get really, really strong ropes like those that they use in the docks. And there's plenty of big docks and giant ropes for the uh, huge ocean liners. So we just got these ropes and decorated them, made them look like they were, you know, uh, vines instead of ropes. And it was much, much cheaper. And what it did was it made the whole set move. And there's this whole scene that, uh, it's called Voir Voir with the the birds that she meets on the climb and they're all swinging and and we we hired acrobats to to be able to do all the different tricks on the on the ropes and it was just so dynamic and so absolutely crazy absurd energy
0: so she's climbing up and we meet some very Intense characters. I, I hated these guys. They're pretty, they're, they're yeah, terrifying. This is, yeah, they're they're terrifying, and the way it's like put together is really, it's like having someone shout at you, yeah, relentlessly. So yeah, these birds that are like appearing, these played by acrobats. Mm. So when we say
1: birds, these aren't like the previous That's birds. Right. These are people mm. in a costume. Like they they look like humans, but yeah. they have like a beak attached. And so they're they're, they're very
0: human, like, and they're they're just giving her all sort of life advice of how she needs to get to this hop, But it's all just sort of but, madness, but right? What's it's- it
1: doing? Like you said, I mean, I guess because they're acrobats, they're kind of like flinging themselves around and they're twitching and squawking, and it's very erratic. Yeah, and I think because she's already climbed up into the sky on these vines, you already have that. I guess fear of her dropping or falling, mm. being in this really high. Dangerous place to them being surrounded by these <laughs> men in bird costumes yeah. who start squawking at her, and yeah. they're scary, yeah, they're yeah. really upsetting. And they kind of reminded me of um, I don't know if you saw it, the return to Oz,
2: yes, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the wheelers,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. it has that the, feeling, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, they're really creepy. This, even though it is just men and bird beaks, yeah, <laughs> but they're very frightening, and they keep. They're doing, like, weird shit as yeah. well. They're, like, making out and stuff at points. And- but doesn't he, like, start eating his, like, boogers? Yeah, he's, like, pulling boogers out, eating those. And <laughs> they're going for all the time. And, yeah, one of them starts talking about how you've got to own nothing. you got to travel, like, throw everything away. Mm. And then we cut into this song that is maybe the wackiest song in this. And it's, like, this anti-materialism song. Mm. And it- it's... The way it's cut together, it's all, like, fast motion shots of the birds, like, dancing on the vines <laughs> and flinging around, making out. And it just gets, like, faster and faster yeah. and faster. And it's a full-on fever dream, mm. this whole song. And it's just stressful to watch. It's really it stressful. You really feel for Shusha in this scene, I
1: think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the lyrics, are, our only thing is to fly, fly, fly. <laughs> all, all the lyrics in, in all the songs... I mean, you could put it down to the subtitles, but all of the lyrics in all the songs are
0: bizarre. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think it's partly the subtitles, but but they are, like, very strong. There's There are strong themes in these yeah, songs yeah, that yeah. are sometimes at odds with the genre of this mm. movie. So... Shisha gets past the birds. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, they're gone, thankfully. And keeps climbing up on her own. And finally, our mate, Shisha, the Uh, caterpillar, caterpillar wakes up and and is like, oh, here we go. Finally, something's (laughs) happening. Uh, But before they can reach the top of these vines... Shusha slips and falls down. Oh, right. Yeah. She's saying, like, she, she
1: can't, like, fly because she has no imagination, right? Yeah. And she, she's just like, you gotta
0: believe, you gotta mm. be positive. And then suddenly, cut to Shusha, who appears to be flying, has these, like, massive, big wings behind yeah. her. And you're sort of like, what's going on? What, can she actually fly? Is she super Shusha at this point? That's then, the power of imagination. Yeah. But then, she lands on a cloud and we see that <laughs> and, she lands a cloud. <laughs> and we see that Shisha has actually turned into a butterfly Yay. and saved her at that point so there you go wow so Shisha formerly caterpillar now a lovely butterfly but we do see the shot of Shusha the girl with wings at one point yeah now. but i is that just feel that it was implying that the butterfly was behind oh, okay. her. But, you know, you, you could be right. Maybe maybe she did I, I thought, because the, the whole moment. time she's like talking about she has no
1: imagination and then she's falling, I felt like she managed to channel her inner imagination sprout wings. But I'm probably wrong. Maybe. I just assumed that <laughs> the caterpillar saved her. Oh, that would make more sense. <laughs> Although
0: sense doesn't reply in this film. <laughs> So then we get a very oh my God, this tripped out, tripped out sequence. So we're up in the clouds and Shusha's like hurt her wrist in the, in the tumble that she took. Yeah. And we hear this sort of disembodied voice that tells them to come closer. Mm. And then we realize it's a crystal mm. talking to them. Yeah, this crystal with like special powers. These crystals. <laughs> Here's something exciting oh, about yeah. the crystals from David. Yeah.
2: Going to get real crystals that were giant crystals. And we're talking like some of the biggest crystals in the world come from Brazil. And we went to a collector who allowed us to rent his crystals that would have been tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to to buy, but we rented them for the shoot and they were real giant crystals. And some of them had these amazing rainbows in them. And that's a theme of our film is the rainbow that's pretty impressive cool.
1: yeah um, i like the the crystal guy he's like inside your wrist. the energy is confused
0: <laughs> it's very like it gets a bit cultish doesn't it it does so, yeah he he cures her her wrist and then we see like flowers like these living mm. flowers that are like screaming and like oh, all around the are. place Yeah, Shusha just starts, like, dancing around the crystal and the flowers are dancing. She's singing a song about being on the higher ground. Oh, yeah. And she wants to live in this place forever. And, yeah, this is where it gets really culty. And I kind of thought that this was going to be, what's the word, like a twist. Right. Where the crystal was actually like a villain mm. because it feels very culty where he's like this is a great place yeah. you and he see? has a yeah. line in the song it's like listen to the crystal and yeah, he speaks yeah. with a really deep <laughs> voice as well doesn't he <laughs> but He's not a bad guy. It, it is. This is legit. He's a legit. I did <laughs> love it. There's like a laser light show coming out from behind the crystal. <laughs> yeah. It's just insane. <laughs> so we hear that no one lives in this lovely crystal cloud place because people can't be positive all the time. And when they're not positive, they get pulled down into the, the show. Yeah. The show Astral get pulled down into that horrible shit smeared sewer with those annoying ramstein boys <laughs> so the the crystal tells Shusha that only a super person can help fight the down moon right. and he shows her a future version of herself mm. where she looks like a i don't know like a, a hag <laughs> yeah like a i was gonna say like a crackhead or something but yeah oh, okay <laughs> but hag's good yeah she looks like a crack hag a crack a, hag. a crack hag in that um in that crystal he also tells her you need A shield of energy, Mm. and Shusha pulls out a small little crystal from within the big crystal, Mm. which is a sort of magical rainbow crystal. (laughs) So then back to Baisho, he's having a little freak out about Shusha's success. And he storms about beating the shit out of his sidekicks, mm. and he gives Morsega the kind of goblin looking yeah. sidekick just this pile of paperwork <laughs> like <sort> of <laughs> nondescript paperwork, and yeah. he's like, "Go do this, yeah. go do that and meanwhile rafa he's been locked up mm. like because of his his uh the sausage the, the incident oh, wait not the sausage side. the food food spaghetti flagging, throwing the yeah. spaghetti throwing <laughs> uh, this is
1: a part that I was kind of confused by because he's in like some kind of like dungeon right mm and there's loads of other children, yeah. in there as well. So I don't know why
0: there are all these kids. I guess maybe they're like failed attempts. Ah, oh, is that uh, why? I mean, that was my guess. Like, right? Uh, okay. Or they're just like negative kids that have been slurped down right. into, into down mood, nice town. But they're all talking about all the bad things that they've done. Yeah. Mostly involves toads. <laughs> I'm
1: just like, I blew up a toad. <laughs> Because I put the bits of toad in my
0: mum's soup. <laughs> it's all toad-based <laughs> crimes. So, then back to Shisha, and Shisha, even though she's a butterfly, and she says, I should be off making babies in the forest, which is a very alarming thing to imagine. Uh, but Shisha's like, no, I'm going to come along. I'm going to help you out. Okay, we'll sort this out.
1: Reason being, she says, I love danger. Adventure is my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, it's dangerous. My middle name. That's true.
0: <laughs> I, I like danger. Adventure is my middle name. <laughs> That's quite funny. Yeah. Then boom, Shusha. She's in the down mood. Yeah. I don't know how she's she got there. there. She's a, she's there, mate. She's there. But how? She's there. She's super Shusha, and she comes Wait. across. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just okay. move on. She comes across Mossigal, the Goblin Man. Doing his piles of paperwork. paperwork. He's like an admin. And uh, yeah, Shusha's like, how do I get to Baishu Astral? He tells her to go to the information center. Mm. God, I love this bit. So she goes and dings like a nearby bell. There's no one there. And Morsigar starts talking about the the spider web of bureaucracy. <laughs> and he starts handing Shusha forms that she needs to fill out. And he's talking about protocol oh, and wow. demanding documents. And as this is happening, she starts literally getting wrapped in mm-hmm. a web, in a literal web. We're seeing a clock showing the time just like spinning by really, really fast. Yeah, then she finally starts to sort of break free of the web of bureaucracy. I and love she, the, uh, mm. the, the necessary documents that she needs. Yeah, well, to what get was it. an example so of So he's
1: it. like, yeah, if you want to go there, you need the necessary documents. And he's <laughs> like, well, what's that? He's like, well, have you got your sadomasochistic visa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you got your certificate of badness? Yeah. <laughs> have you done a
0: cold blood test <laughs> to list all these ridiculous things? Uh, that's, that's a great detail. It's, it's really great. But she manages to break free by the dictionary that she got from the tree of knowledge. Mm. She basically goes through that and starts dropping all these sort of complex concepts and words uh, on Morsigal who kind of <laughs> freaks out during this and it breaks the web. Yeah. And then as this is happening, it sort of goes into this song about the spider web of bureaucracy. Oh and this song, David talked about making this as well, <laughs> yeah. where he was quite involved in the production oh, yeah? of this song.
2: There's a song called Teo do Bureaucracia, which means the spider web of bureaucracy. And it's when she's going to get to try to get out of the. She's so She's the the guy won't give her the proper form to fill out because he's got to get the stamp and then he's got to get the approval and 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 she starts to get uh, wound up in the the uh, the web itself becomes alive and starts entangling her, and then she breaks loose and sings this song, uh, and and getting basically how to get through all the bureaucratic BS (laughs) and it's really a funny song. And, and it's a commentary on real Brazilian culture, not just Brazilian, but any, anybody who's had a, you know, a a traffic ticket that shouldn't have gotten, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So it was, it was definitely a fun thing to do. So the design of the music, I thought of as mirroring money on Pink Floyd's dark side of the moon where if you're familiar with that, it begins with the sounds of money, coins and cash and cash registered and, you know, and it builds a rhythm as you hear them. And so I wanted to do that, but not with money, with bureaucracy. So we gathered all the sounds of an old office, like, you know, typewriters and piles of paper and, and rubber stamping and uh, all that stuff. And, and so I, I built this for for them, for the music composers and and, and engineers, and and just basically handed them the, the the tracks that I built, and that became like the the rhythm track that set the music uh, to go with this whole song.
0: And yeah, as this song's playing, we're seeing she's like making papier-mâché fruit mm. and like just filling up this boring office with yeah, she yeah about and of like mache. origami th- and yeah. I think that's what I thought. I thought that killed him at one point because yeah. he's like freaking out about the
1: origami. You don't see him, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's <laughs>
0: hating that, but I I did love this. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but Japan is you know the home of bureaucracy and pointless documents. So oh, yeah. this scene really. You know, despite it being about Brazilian bureaucracy, yep. really hit home for me as well.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a good scene. It was mm. a good scene. Um, the the setting was incredible. I loved all the, the, the desk
0: stacks mm. full of paperwork. It looks good. It's great. So then we get the next attempt to capture Shusha. Baisho sends off uh, Chichika, the other, the the swine, the, the, the the swine guy, to, oh, this, to deal, this deal with this scene's
1: gross. <laughs> yeah. What what oh, when he's talking to the Barbie? The doll? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Before he gets sent up, yeah, he's like yeah. talking to the doll because and he's like he's like, Do you want to change your clothes? Yeah. And the way it's lit, so the Barbie's like in nice lighting, but the mm. background is completely black. <laughs> it's <quite laughs> so it's just it's just this Barbie on screen with nothing mm. else behind her and him talking to her with this like fucking snout nose. Yeah. And, like, you know, let's play, I wanna change your clothes. <laughs> oh, it's really grim. And then yucky. the boss
0: comes in he quickly Tucks it in his pocket. I also thought, like, when Baisho, like, sends him off to do the work, he has, like, scissors. And I could be wrong, but is he implying that he's going to chop his dick off if he doesn't do the job properly? He kind of has these scissors and he
1: points them down and they kind of go below (laughs) out of screen. And they make a snip noise. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's very uh, suggestive for a kid's film. (laughs) So, Baisho then tortures Shusho the dog he's like reading a fake letter to him which it's kind of funny he's like saying like oh yeah shusha has got new friends now she's hanging out with this caterpillar <laughs> she doesn't need you anymore and Shusho's like really upset by yeah. this as you would be because your owner's hanging out with a fucking caterpillar come right. on I would not be doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with a caterpillar nah, man, that's not my style <laughs> Then we cut to the fleas that are on the dog's back. Oh, they look like octopus or something. Yeah, they're really creepy little guys, like, on on his back. And it's sort of, like, zoomed in so he can fully see their details, right? Yeah, Yeah, Shusho is, like, telling the fleas about how they should work for a circus. Yeah, yeah. And then he starts talking about, like, revolution. And it gets very... I don't know if it's just me, but this scene felt like something out of, like, a 1960s, like, Czech film where it's like very like eastern european yeah. very like you know you know revolutionary yeah. sort of stuff and the fleas are fucking loving it they're like yeah they're like bouncing up and down on the dog's back <laughs> those fleas they're gonna they're gonna be important oh, for, yeah. for one moment later on <laughs> so Chichika's off to get shusha and we're in this absolutely fucking filthy set at mm. this point it just looks like a junkyard mm. chichika Starts, like, sort of shouting at Shusha, telling her that she's, like, doing things that are prohibited. Like, all this sort of stupid oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. littering, parking in the wrong place. And he's, like, spitting all oh, over oh, her. yeah, he spits all in her face. <laughs> yeah. It's so gross. It's really gross. <laughs> yeah, he keeps, like, rambling to her about this. He farts really horribly at one point, <laughs> which <laughs> makes the caterpillar lose its mind. <laughs> and... Uh, but then Shusha pulls out her dolphin ring that's right yep the 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 bracelet anti-violence dolphin bracelet and
1: uh (laughs) (laughs) the anti-violence dolphin bracelet
0: (laughs) that'd also be a great Uh, t-shirt as well and he she starts like blowing bubbles Mm. from the the bracelet into his face i don't know how it worked because she had
1: it's it's a bracelet right so it's a circular Mm. shape it looks like she dips it into his pocket and as yeah. she pulls it out, it's, like, caked in some, like... like spit or something? Oh, maybe. Oh, I but like, I meant like, washing up liquid solution. <laughs> yeah, so, she's yeah. meant to blow a bubble. And that makes him freak out for some reason.
0: He mm. hates bubbles. While he's freaking out as well, his buttons on his jacket are sort of blasting off. Oh, really? But I'm I'm not I'm not really sure why. But, yeah, they're, like, blasting off, like, because he's angry, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. And we have another song where she's like, hey, macho
1: man. <laughs> yeah. uh, wait. There's no <laughs> macho man in this movie. It's a fat pig.
0: Like, it's a swine man. It's no macho man. But yeah, it's, it's, This sequence is quite baffling. Uh, his, his pants fall down at oh. one point. That was a good detail. Uh, it goes into fast motion. There's a lot of crazy cuts. And then finally, Baisho Astral mm. shows up. But he's not in his usual Ramstein makeup. He's sort of out oh. of makeup.
1: Oh, my, oh You know what? I didn't
0: even realize it was him. Yeah, yeah. So, ah, so this is the mind same. Blown. Yeah. This is Show Astral, but he's in disguise, as, right? Like, yeah, a normal man <laughs> that
1: makes it so much more
0: funny. Yeah. So he he's come over as a biker, <laughs> as as a cool dude. Yeah, cool guy, and he knocks out uh, Chichika, and he's like, "I'm your hero, Shushu. Mm. You gotta you gotta rely on me." But he's like a real violent guy, so he's like uh, trying to coax her over yeah. to the bad side. But as her dolphin bracelet said. No, no violence, violence. <laughs> I love the way he pulls up though He's got like sparks coming <laughs> yeah. out of, the, uh, of his feet And he's got massive sideburns yeah, yeah. It's almost like David Lynchian His character in this Like oh, it's, it's like ridiculous. something out of Twin Peaks The Return or something But yeah he, he then says like I've got Shusho I know where Shusho yeah, is yeah. basically And Shusho calls him Two-Faced And then the Caterpillar <laughs> I don't know if you remember this bit I just love this bit the is like, yeah, I've known a lot of toothpaste people. Actually, I knew someone with 16 faces, <laughs> uh, but I was drunk at the time.
1: What? Yeah, it's just, did you say that?
0: Yeah, it's just a oh, very <laughs> bizarre little side note there. Oh, man. So then Basho starts chasing Shusha on his motorbike, this mm. sort of biker version of him. And Shusha falls down and then sort of falls into this tube mm. and then is going down this tube into like a deeper underground world, like even into Mm. a grosser kind of place than she was before and she lands in this new place and she's shouting out for this biker to reveal his real face and then we get this absolutely awesome transformation where the biker by show astral turns back into his true form right and it's all in darkness and kind of like his face Mm. is like flashing up which would have fucking terrified me if I was oh, a child yeah. in Brazil watching this. <laughs> this. It gets pretty dark from here on, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, extremely mm. dark. So, yeah, this is finally the face-off between yeah. the two characters. There's one
1: point just before this where... Um the fleas inside the dog start putting on a circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah Inside yeah, yeah. the dog's hair, yeah. and it's just a very, very subtle moment. And I think the dog, the dog says like, "Oh, you guys learn fast." Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you're saying like, "You should put on a circus." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the next scene, they actually put on a circus, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, you guys learn quick."
0: Yeah, like it's just it's very subtle. Very. Fun. He's been like coaching them, right? To right. to eventually save save him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so by by showing uh, Shusha. Are like having this standoff and Baisho claims that the dog Shusho has disintegrated <laughs> because he was so sad. Oh, can you imagine? In a kid's film, a yeah. dog being
1: disintegrated.
0: <laughs> Terrific. <That's> <laughs> so f- with this news, Shusha is just horrified mm. by it. We also have Rafa at this point has escaped from his space and he's like, Should I help? Like, this is not true. The mm. dog's still alive. But he can't bring himself. He can't, he can't work up the courage yeah. to, to approach. So he, he leaves. So now Shusha is starting to turn into that image that we saw before. Yeah. The, the sort of junkie hag. The hag. Hag look. So she's, yeah, the down mood's fully taking her over. And it starts to like brainwash her, right? Mm. She's Like you're a bad person. She's yeah. Like, I yeah. am a bad person. And, <laughs> and it gets like, really fucked up mm. yeah like so Baisho takes out poison mm. and he starts like spraying the caterpillar Yeah, and there's like this shot of the caterpillar it's, it's insane this wide angle shot of the caterpillar and the caterpillar is like i can't hear anymore i can't hear anymore <laughs> and it's it's just it's it's intense uh th- this scene i mean
1: there's still plenty to go but it as soon as we enter this like a down mood basement like Stand, whatever the final scene, the editing style and shooting style is so frantic mm. and crazy like it's really up, like up close, yeah, yeah, and really fast. They cut together with sped up stuff and lots of intense and wrong angles, yeah. So you really feel a sense of uneasiness throughout the whole scene, but then, yeah, when she starts turning mm. into the hag, yeah, yeah, and that shooting style and editing style continues. I mean, as you said, this would terrify
0: anyone as a kid. Absolutely, yeah. So, she's full hag mode now. Yeah. And it's essentially implying that Baisho Astral and Shusha are going to sort of become this couple. Like, there's going to be a marriage between them and they're going to do terrible things together. Mm. But then we cut to Shusho, the dog. He's being held captive by Morsegao and Chichika. And the fleas... That he has been radicalizing with revolution and circus, thoughts of the circus on his back. They suddenly come to life and they jump off his back onto Morsagao and Chichika, who kind of panic about the fleas and let the dog go. Mm. He escapes, runs up to to Baisho Astral (laughs) and Shusha, and he pisses on Baisho Astral, who says... Oh, piss! (laughs) oh god that what a great moment it's like the only line in english yeah so (laughs) funny it's it's fantastic so and then she turns back to normal yeah she sees the dog back to normal she's delighted the power of piss the power of piss that should have been like the the subtitle for this like the power of piss super shusha the power of piss (laughs) so they go to escape but then oh this is this bit Oh, made me really upset. So they, yeah, Baishu Astral grabs the caterpillar and starts like pulling it and Mm. stretching it. So like, there's like a tug of war between, uh, Shusha and the villains essentially. So you've got on one side. So in the middle, the caterpillar, you've got Shusha, the dog and the fleas who are all helping pull, try to pull the caterpillar back. And on the other side, the Mm. Ramstein lads. Mm. So, I guess there are four different versions of the caterpillar, then. Yeah, this is, I guess, stretchy boy St- caterpillar, yeah. Stretchy boy So, in this tug of war, Shusha, she's not a violent person. We know that dolphin bracelet. No, no, no. Mm. No violence, please. No. And instead of resorting to violence, she forgives them. Forgives these <gasps> Rammstein-looking villains. The power villains, of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. And they can't believe it. And this actually brings Morsigao and Chichika over to her side. Mm. They want to go to the higher ground as well in the positive world. They want to be happy and they've had it. They want to just eat probably. (laughs) They're like really hungry. (laughs) And so they join Shusha's side and then Baiso Astral throws back the caterpillar, Mm. pulls out a gun with a TV on the end of it. And it's just showing all this like horrific news footage And it starts zapping them of their positivity, like trying energy. to like corrupt them. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So they're getting like all sort of sucked of their, their energy. And he's like showing images of the kids that he's got locked up. And then he does. this <laughs> What the fuck is this? What is happening?
1: <laughs> oh, God. He starts singing Michael Jackson.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: I. Just that one line says, I'm mad, I'm mad.
0: I get the uh, feeling this was a Shusha request because she loved Michael Jackson so much. I right? mean, it it's a very
1: out of place. Yeah. It feels very, yeah,
0: sandwiched into this moment. But, it's uh, but I guess of its time. Very much of its you time, know? yeah. So Shusha pulls out her magical rainbow crystal. but Oh, yeah, from the, from the happy place, right? From the happy yeah. place. But she t- stumbles a bit. Drops it on the ground. We think it's all over. But then Rafa, the punk kid, Mm. turned good. He comes out to save the day, throws the crystal back to Shusha. She shoots a rainbow out of it, and it blasts by Storastral. I guess he dies. He just, like, disappears into the rainbow. Yeah, Guess he's dead. (laughs) Guess so. I guess he's done. And then the screen goes totally black. We hear Shusha talking about how we have to smile to bring bring back the light. We see her sort of holding a candle. A candle sort of flickers mm. into frame. And she's talking about the rainbows and the planet. And then we cut to the crystal again. And we hear that banging rainbow tune that we heard That's at the start. The opening one? Yeah, oh, the opening yeah. song. The platinum sales record. Yeah, I think it was gold. Maybe not platinum. <laughs> and then we just cut to everyone, including... Morsegao and Chichika... Yeah. ...having a fucking great time. They're yeah. all colourful now, dancing about, balloons are everywhere, a newspaper comes up and mm. it shows that Shusha has defeated Dao Mood right. forever, and Shusha blows a kiss to the camera, and that's it. Mm. The end. Yeah, as you said, the uh, the, the, the goons, the,
1: the pig man and the goblin man, so now they're, they're on the good side, right? Mm. And a lot of the times in, especially like child's fantasy films... Um, where you have uh, a bad kind of monstrous looking guy become good they kind mm. of end up looking good in the last mm. scene, or even mm. like in the wizard of oz um you have all the the main characters like the tin man and the, and when dorothy wakes up they're just normal people mm in this film they just stay exactly the same
0: they're like a bit brighter and less grubby but they still look but yeah they're like pointy nose pointy ears pig nose the butt just covered in balloons yeah (laughs) the key elements of their their like monstrous image is is still there right so that is super shusha and before we get to like our ratings and all that sort of stuff i just wanted to talk about the aftermath of this film's oh yeah
2: in brazil it was an immediate hit we had lines around the block it was so gratifying to see like boom it exploded like we had hoped i think there were around three million um tickets for that whole year which included like i forget there was some very big popular american film that i don't remember but it was some some sci-fi or big fantasy film or something like that and and one other film that that was, out, you know, really successful, but it was the third largest box office that year for all films and, and for, I think, for Brazilian films, it, it, it broke all records. I was on Shusha's TV show. She was promoting and she invited me in on and some of the other people involved and, and we just kind of partied it up and had a good time on our show, which is seen by the whole country, basically. Every Everybody watches that show, That that's it. It, th- this was all during that kind of bittersweet time of me not having my name. So personally, I had this kind of weirdness about it. But um, I think the film itself did really well and, and got panned really badly by a lot of reviewers just because it was shusha and it was, you know, knocking off <laughs> labyrinth of whatever they wanted to say. Uh, that thing that it was really infantile. Of course, it's infantile. It, it we we made it to appeal to like you know three to five year olds you know and and anybody else can join in if they want you know
0: <laughs> so yeah massive hit in Brazil huge wow. hit it was also a big hit in Latin America hmm. in general
2: it it did very well in Argentina where she had a TV show as well so it I don't know exactly the box office records but it, it was really really successful in Argentina it did well throughout Latin America and in the U S it was never dubbed into English. People don't like to see films dubbed into English and kids would not read subtitles. So it really never was released in the U S at all.
0: So this, it's been a long time since it's released obviously, but in 2018 it was the 30 year anniversary of Mm. the film and the huge fan base, the Shusha fans Organized a big screening yeah. uh, for the film.
2: That they look at this film now and recognize that some of their world views were formed, starting with this film. And I'm going, that's very cool. That's kind of what we were hoping, you know. So getting that feedback 30 years later from the adults that were confirming that, that feels like, you know, good job. <laughs> good job, you did well.
0: I can totally see this being, like, a cult film. Yeah, well, it's actually funny that you mentioned that because at the end, sort of after we finished the main interview, we talked a bit about that because he was really surprised to hear from someone who's not from Latin America mm. that knows and likes this film. And we were kind of saying, like, maybe... It, you know, he, he mentioned, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. and the idea of, like, this being kind of, like... Something you could see at a cinema and like dress up for. Yeah. It. Like uh, yeah. I think that would it would be great. Because <laughs> it, so. it's such a, a wild sort of film. And, and the songs are so relentless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you could join in every of the side of the side of the side of yeah. side of the side of the side of the side of to. side of the side of the side career, so i of the side he continues to share this Mm. movie and yeah, I hope that this can get out to more people outside of Brazil where it's already a huge hit uh, because he is such a creative and an interesting man. Mm. I don't
1: know if you have the answer to this, uh, but I mean this, this was a big scale production and the amount of puppets and set pieces they would have had to make would have been huge. It would have cost a huge amount of money. And I was wondering if you knew uh, where the puppets were now or whatever oh, happened to them. You know what? I didn't ask him that. I wonder if, like, the dolphin is floating around somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? They just set it off into the ocean. Because the amount of characters
0: and mm. puppets they made for this was astronomical. It was I, massive. I wonder if, like, some Shusha fans, like, own all the puppets. Oh. Like, they've bought them up at auction or something like imagine. that. <laughs> this is, like... So, I've now watched this film maybe three or four mm. times, and... Every time I watch it, I notice, like, a new sort of strange mm. or interesting thing about it. And I do love, like, the mixture of the sort of kid-friendly stuff yeah. and then that extremely dark stuff. And the very adult layers to it as well. Yeah. I think you have to be in a very particular mood
1: to watch this. But I think, as you said, like, this is really popular in Brazil. I think someone from Brazil could, in theory, just throw this on any time, have the time of their lives. For me, being from outside Brazil, I had to be in a very particular mood to watch this. Mm. And I think you also would benefit more from this movie knowing about Brazilian music and culture. Because the pop music in this movie, I mean, as you said, Xuxa is insanely famous, has sold millions of records. This Her music is so different to what a popular pop music would be from england or america that would like make the 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 charts Mm. that i'm used to so it was very different even though like i said she has a kind of a britney spears like aura about her the music is is not comparable whatsoever so there were times i was just like oh my god like this song is insane it's fucking nuts but for maybe a brazilian person it might just be a bog standard pop song i don't know (laughs) But uh, it, it was interesting.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: looking in from someone outside of, mm. of Brazil. Mm. I really recommend as well for for you and anyone listening, like after watching this film, and I think it can be found on YouTube oh, yeah. pretty easily. It's on Shusha's official channel, I think, without subtitles. Oh, okay. but, but there is a version with subtitles. But yeah, after watching this, just like look up clips from her TV shows. Mm. Because... It's it's crazy. Like mm. they are not what we're used to seeing on like a kids' right. TV show. It's it's really mad. It's like imagine the energy of this film, but like really distilled down into like a shorter TV show format. Okay. It's it's pretty crazy stuff. Mm. Okay, how about um the wrongometer for this film? <sighs> this so, is tough. How how wrong the film is. Yeah. How much it shouldn't exist. How bizarre it is. I have to go mm. pretty
1: high. I think it's going to be pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, this is the first kids film we've yeah. ever covered on this podcast, but oh, with everything involved, the insanely famous person, the horrendous themes of war and poverty mm-hmm. throughout the songs, the songs themselves, at least for me. Yeah. The set pieces, that fucking dolphin, my goodness. And the, um, <laughs> The, the, oh, the griminess of it all. Ah, oh, it, it was—it's a lot to unravel. But like you said, it feels like a fever dream. The fact that she is so so famous as well, which I don't know. I—I I, I had a feeling she was, you know, somewhat of a well-known singer mm. just by the way she's portrayed here. But I did not expect her to be of
0: that level. I think I'm gonna go eight. Mm, you know what? I was thinking the same thing yeah. for the same reasons as right. you. This film triggers me more than many other, like way more mm. kind of fucked up sort of films, right? Mm, Even yeah, though it yeah. is a kid's film, it, it makes it, I kind of reacted to it a lot more sure. than, than a lot but, of other stuff. Oh, I just can't imagine
1: being a kid and
0: seeing this, because yeah. it, it would be
1: scary. Oh, like, yeah. Legitimately sure. scary. But I wonder as well, like... Being a kid that's easily influenced, um, mm. they would see this and take the route of like an activist or something. Mm-hmm. Be more like you know inclined to help the environment or something, and mm. you know anti-war protests that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean it could
0: mm. for sure because it yeah it it's it has an impact on. Us as adults mm. watching it not being from Brazil. So, yeah, it, it could well have that effect on kids. <laughs> if
1: you, uh, if you uh, don't help the environment, you end up in the down
0: mood. Yeah. Getting your eyeballs sold on the black market. Oof. <laughs> but at least there's Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Fuck. that is Super Shusha. So, thank you very much to David for allowing us to talk to him for this episode all right so (laughs) fuck what have we got next time
1: next time uh you're really gonna hate me dave i think um up until this point your most hated film that i brought to this was the worm eaters yes for different reasons though Mm. it's not as disgusting as that by any means but you're gonna hate this Mm. film mm-hmm well and it is. Next time we will be doing zombie eight urban decay. Zombie eight? Eight. Like the, the number? N- uh, like Roman numerals. Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so zombie sorry. V111. That's the one. <laughs> zombie VIII. <laughs> yep. If you want. Yep. Urban <laughs> decay. Yeah. Sorry.
0: I. I'm looking forward don't, to it. Don't. No, okay. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. I also, before we wrap up as well, I wanted to give a thanks to Clint yep. from uh 84 Ounce to Freedom podcast. And he gave us a shout out on his podcast. So Nice. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, Clint. And also, as per usual, please give us a review on iTunes, oh. if that's a thing. Is it? I think it is. is it? And give us a rating on Spotify. That's a thing. Okay. That's definitely a thing. And follow us on X. <laughs> sure. Formerly known as Twitter. I love every article about X. It's like X, formerly known as Twitter. It's just always going to be attached like to the, Twitter, isn't the it? The URL is still twitter.com, right? I think maybe there's both maybe it just automatically sends you there if it's twitter god fucking, fucking stupid tunt. moron uh yeah so follow us on there until we find something better and you can send us an email too at show something at gmail.com hey but until next time i don't know well say something like environmentally friendly until next time Remember that what that dolphin bracelet tells you? No violence. No violence, kids. Yeah.
3: So oh, piss.